0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Real Talk episode 56. My name is George Carmi. I am sat alongside two of my beautiful co-hosts in Seth and Tyler. Uh, we are sad in uh, cam, he, he tweeted. Um, I'm not going to touch on it too much because, uh, you know, I'll let him speak on it more when he gets back. He just needed some time off. He just needed some time to, to reset, regenerate, uh, spend some more time on the weekends with Uh, his beautiful wife and very handsome son. Um, So we're going to run for, you know, two, three weeks, maybe just the three of us, perhaps uh, get on a couple of guests. But let's just hop right into this episode. Um, It's October, finally. Um, So we are kind of going to do over the next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to do like a little bit more horror centric stuff. Um, we didn't commit to, you know, the 31 days of horror as most podcasts do. I don't think any of us really have the time for that, um, <laughs> to, to rip out. Th- I don't even know if Tyler wants to watch 31 horror movies in a month. I would. And I I, think I'm, gonna, I'm, mine.
1: <laughs> I'm actually going to bring up something just, just so I don't forget now I want to do. So like, I'm going to do like Tyler's book reports for this month. So each week you guys are each going to recommend me one movie based on the theme uh, horror movie and I'll watch them and then next yeah. week on the pod I'll do a little book report session review the two horrors you guys had and we'll, we'll rip through some horrors and I'm, I'm going to give you <laughs> yeah. some yeah. wild yeah. shit and obviously like we're, like George is going to mention we're going to review actual horror movies yes. on the pod like, I'll watch those so these are in addition to those he's going to be like Tyler's book reports uh. to get me more cultured
0: So, over the next couple of weeks, our episode rundowns will pretty much look like this. We'll start off with our intro, as we usually do. We'll go into, you know, the how are we doing, what's going on. We'll quickly touch on what we've been watching. Um, Then we'll jump into the new reviews, uh, new releases. Um, This week, we are going to be discussing The Creator. All three of us saw that. And then Seth and Tyler will be talking about Saw Ten, saw 10, right? 10. Yep. Uh, yep. I unfortunately did not get to the theater to see that. Um, and after Tyler's text yesterday, now, now I'm more excited. It seems like everyone's kind of, we'll touch on the review, but it seems like everyone's saying this might be like the best of the franchise. So I'm pretty excited for that. Um, and then we're going to get into our horror section. So every week we've kind of chosen a different um, horror subgenre. this week because of the creator, we've decided to do science fiction, horror, um, so we are going to be reviewing John Carpenter's The Thing. After that review, we'll be getting into a ranking. We're going to be ranking our top five. Uh, we didn't really discuss if we we're going to do top five best or favorite science fiction films, but I'll keep it at best for now. Cause I think that's what I've mentioned to you guys. And then after that, we're going to draft 80s horror and then we'll wrap up the episode. Um, so just like that for next week as well. Uh, but instead of science fiction horror, we're going to do modern horror Week three is going to be psychological horror. And then week four, we don't really have a subgenre picked because that's going to be the Halloween episode. So we're going to um, try to give you guys a a nice episode, maybe reviewing two movies in the horror realm as opposed to one, Uh, give you guys a few extra discussions, a few extra rankings. But for now, let's get into this episode. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Seth, I want to talk to you first because you went to the creator screening. You got to hang out with a bunch of the... Uh, fellow TikTokers, was that? How is the rest of your week?
2: Yeah, it was good. Um, I feel like I'm just going to London so often recently, but it was nice. Uh, the creative screening was cool. The event wasn't great, to be honest. It was one of those events where there's like nothing on. There's nothing to like do at the event itself, but the screening was cool. Um, was it was it Q- labeled as a premiere or an early screening? No, so it was an early screening. But basically, what they usually do at these screenings is it's um. The BFI IMAX, which is one in London, it's the biggest screen in Europe, the BFI IMAX screen in Europe, and they usually do like photo opportunities, like games, free drinks. You know, like like, like set out like a premiere, yeah. but just yeah, not yeah, quite. Yeah. So the they make a it like an immersive premiere. experience. That's what they, yeah, it's yeah, like the yeah. Like, yeah. we had it for the Flash and for the Last of Us, couple of the one Knock at the Cabin, same sort of thing. But we didn't have anything this one, which was which wasn't great. But we did have q and A, a, a Q&A with Gareth Edwards. Which was interesting um that was actually really interesting i really enjoyed that and yeah at night we just went out for a bit um and yeah like just went out had a, had a drink not right really too much spent time with like a bunch of other you know film people in the space um and uh yeah apart from that pretty pretty decent week. got a packed week next week got a um i told you george like a blumhouse event next yeah. weekend seeing the exorcist believer which Zero out of
0: five. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not crazy confident at this point oh in time. God. Um,
2: yeah, it's not looking great. I
0: saw and that then, trailer for the first time before I watched Oppenheimer for the second time, and yeah, I honest, looked at this trailer and I was like, God, Jesus Christ, this looks,
2: looks. Yeah, it looks awful. <laughs> um, there's like a bunch of other shit. That I think it's like a pop-up event, so there'd be some stuff about Five Nights at Freddy's, which I also don't think looks great. I'll be honest, I don't think it and. So no, and uh, then obviously BFI Film Festival, like George was uh, George. When does yours end? When do you when's your last screening? Our last screening,
0: I believe, is Saturday the 14th.
2: Oh, okay. So you're yeah. there, like okay. So, yeah, yeah so I'm so going on two the weeks. I've got The Boy and the Heron being my first one. And that's on the 8th, I think, which is okay. on like a Saturday or Sunday. Looking forward to that. Um, so a bunch of stuff coming up, but. Uh, yeah, pretty decent week. Nothing really much apart from apart from just going to that uh, event on Wednesday. Very nice, Tyler. How you doing? Up early today?
1: Yeah. So Riley's going back home to to Dallas, Texas, to be with her family for a couple of days. So got the house myself for the next five days. But yeah, it's a uh, five twenty five a.m. right now recording this. But I got up at three a.m. to drive her to the airport and back. So I've been up for a while. Um, so it's gonna be an early day, and just like a insight into what it's like to be like a workaholic anxiety driven person like i feel like after like record this podcast i'm gonna edit it a bunch and then basically once i finish getting this podcast all set i'm gonna just like chill the rest of the day and in my mind that's like a wasted day like i'm gonna be like i'm gonna waste today even though i'm gonna like film tiktok still film a podcast produce the whole podcast drive someone to the airport and back but it's like because like i'm gonna take a break after that and like watch some football without like multitasking in my mind i'm gonna be the whole time distressed and be like i'm (laughs) wasting my time right now i need to be I,
2: i used to be like that yeah I used to like, it's not a nice place to be when you like that all the time is it
1: no yeah it sucks but um overall this week's been pretty standard uh gonna see if this weekend with being alone is either gonna be very productive and get some projects done around the house or if it's just gonna be chillaxing but today at least i think once i'm done with the podcast stuff, probably gonna take it easy a bit since it's uh did not go to bed that early last night and obviously woke up at three but yeah nothing else
0: very nice uh pretty standard from me um you know, a couple of blow-ups at work this week that just overly stressed me out, Um, but nothing crazy. Um, Film Festival started yesterday, got to go to the opening night and watch May-December, which is pretty cool. Um, Todd Haynes was there, director, and he brought in a couple of his crew, obviously because of the SAG strike, none of the actors and actresses were there. Um, But yeah, fairly standard. Film Festival continues today. As I just said with Seth, it goes into the the next two weeks. Um, So I got another 11 screenings in the film festival and then on top of that we're also seeing foe on friday not part of the film festival just just another movie What's we're see. it's a new Saoirse Ronan, paul mescal movie oh uh, yeah 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 that was good yeah it yeah, yeah, looks good um i'm learning i just learned yesterday that apparently it's the exact same plot as the black mirror episode with aaron paul from this season the hmm. one where like the, in the space. space one yeah yeah okay. interesting yeah that's that's what i that's what i'm hearing um but yeah fairly also, standard yeah sorry no, carry on no,
2: no, go, go. i missed someone at the bfi film for, at the uh screen i was really sad about it it was um edgar wright was there oh no yeah, way i missed him i know he why posted was, something that wait, he was, why there, was he there he knows gareth edwards so we just watch he, he goes to the bfi all the time he goes to the IMAX ah. all the so time i think he lives in there but i I was with uh Jack after we looked to my phone and I just saw his story at the BFI, like with Gareth Edders. I was like, Oh fuck man That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> especially for me, tough. I was so fucking happy. Yeah. Who <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> uh, knows, maybe next time.
0: Maybe next year. Maybe um yeah. Hayo Miyazaki will be at your boy inherent screening <laughs> <should look> crazy. <laughs> he strikes me as someone that doesn't leave his home after he's written a no. movie. he's like i don't want to deal with any so. of the press i don't want to deal with any of these premieres just drop the movie no. and leave me alone um <laughs> yeah. but yeah so we're, we're changing things around a little bit um let's run through what we've been watching this week now just so that after our reviews we can just dive right into all of our horror stuff um do either of you guys
2: have it up and ready I'm yeah i'm good a, to
1: go whenever all right so, so you kick want.
2: it off yeah so i watched i gave it five star this week and if you guys saw i saw uh mummy xavier yep. uh, javier dolan's mummy saw that fuck me man like that <laughs> shit like, it ruined have you, have you guys seen it no
1: no like so I, I did the film raffle with the patrons and they recommended it to me and so i'm gonna watch it this week and I, I i like reply i'm like is that the crybaby who quit directing because no one watches movies it like, is yeah yeah, you know. yeah it is yeah so yeah. He, he's a loser it, for that but i hear mommy's really
2: good it's fucking like crazy God what's it kid? about really like it's about like a, um a kid who's just come out of care uh who's like uh, got really bad adhd and he lives with this he's going to live with his mom he's going to live with his mom who's like um, not living in poverty but she's poor she can't get a job uh, and they have like a, a really weird relationship where this kind of you know, loving one day, then like blowing up the next day. And then, uh, I don't want to say too much because like one of those things where, where I don't want to, but I think, right, I think, don't, George, don't don't spoil it. I think both I, I, I like, tossed it on there. my
0: watch list immediately. I'm like, damn, there's that rare Seth five stars out of here. Yeah,
2: it, <laughs> Man, it was horrible. Uh, I also watched obviously the creator we spoke about, No One Will Save You, which was obviously the um, I think George, you. I went to watch it last week the yeah. uh hulu apple uh, disney plus one whatever cool yeah. man I, I really enjoyed it it was yeah. a good time uh i watched the first um wes anderson short i might watch the other ones today which was the um wonderful story of henry sugar really enjoyed that one actually really had a good time with it uh i watched the neon demon um it's the nicholas Raffin film with uh is it ellie fanning that's her name isn't it L-Fanning. yeah yeah yeah. ell fanning okay yeah, yeah uh that was fucking weird I watched Cosmopolis. It's the Robert Pattinson, uh, David o- Cronenberg. Owens one. It was favorite actually. Movie. Does he rate that
0: one higher? It's like yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah. I swear, every time he's on a live TikTok live doing like a letterbox
2: yeah. review, he recommends Cosmopolis to everyone. <laughs> it is quite cool. I, can't like that. I didn't like love it by any means, but I give it a three and a half. It was quite cool, but it's very different. It's not like the usual Cronenberg you come to expect. That's what I would yeah. say. Um, the thing, which obviously we're reviewing, which is just. One of my favorite horrors ever, um, and Cloverfield, which again we're gonna review for Patreon review. Well, it's funny, obviously, I'll save my talk about Cloverfield for the review, but I just think that's the most George film ever. So good, it's literally a found, footage sci fi horror set in New York. (laughs) Like, that is the most George. Doesn't get more George than that, Mm -hmm. no, but uh, yes, kind. Oh, I watched a a documentary called The Grizzly Man. Have you guys heard of it? I have Mm. heard of it. It's Werner Herzog, who is like the um, huge German director, and it's about a guy who basically committed his life to basically saving bears and like being at one with bears, and then he ended up getting killed by a bear, which is uh, <laughs> somewhere tough. to go. But it's like the me, reverse.
1: Man. It's like the reverse Brother Bear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
2: It, honestly, like, but it's amazing documentary. If, if anyone's listening, who is a fan of documentaries, I hundred percent recommend watching it. It's, it's brilliant. Um, that's about it this week. I think. Yeah, it would be so ass to get just mauled by a bear that's
0: got to be one of the worst way to, ways to waste. Him, it. him
2: and his girl apparently they, they were in like a tent I think and they literally both of them just got fucking yeah, mauled like that's got to be bear. just Jesus the Christ. worst way to right there with like just drowning or burning alive burning alive, or... burning yeah. alive I think would be too bad because you'd be like in pain for like what 10 yeah. seconds
0: oh my that's like torturing someone to death watching the happening or something it's terrible
2: <laughs> Great.
0: Tyler what have you been watching?
1: uh rapid fire went through saw six all the way through uh spiral to get caught up in all the saw movies before saw 10 and watching all the saw movies back to back you think would have beefed up my stomach before saw 10 but it did not prepare me for what we'll talk about that later but did not prepare me for saw 10 traps. um rewatch finding nemo hot take it's, it's a good pixar movie um strays finally watched that (laughs) very good yeah i watched strays so strays is such a funny movie because like i got invited to like an early screening back in like may and then they delayed the movie after that early screening i didn't go to riley and i were like and this just isn't a movie we really care to drive to go see um they delayed it like two months like right after that screening so i'm like they probably got some bad feedback in that screening because they probably just re-edited a shit ton still awful just like not funny um, but never expected to be that good. But I was like, I needed something easy to watch. I'm like, oh, I'll just throw on strays. I didn't love it. Uh, also watched The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, uh, as well as The Swan, which is the second one. Haven't watched Rat Catcher or Poison, which are the the two uh, yet. But really, that really one liked... released
2: today, Poison?
1: Yeah, the last one released uh, this morning. It okay, probably, yeah. I don't know if it's out right this minute, but it comes out today. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed Wonderful Hen- Story of Henry Sugar. It was a four and a half for me. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be just it's about a dude who basically becomes a god at gambling by figuring out the system and that's just kind of like literally me who who i want to be so henry sugar basically basically it's the same exact guy as me uh watch dumb money i i liked it a lot like I, I i didn't love it but i don't know it wasn't i it had the potential to be super annoying but i didn't it didn't feel that way for me i really liked it it made me feel exactly nostalgic to what it was like in 2021 or 2020 when that happened and just all the rage I had, like I was so mad back then at like Robin Hood <laughs> and how like just it just seemed like the big financial institutions were just like fucking everyone. And then rewatching the movie I was like God, it's just making me just as mad once again. <laughs> also, like uh, the main guy, Deep Fucking Value, the redditor, kind of crazy how he became like a global sensation, made millions of dollars, and was able to like snap into a private life and was never heard just from again. Fall just like off that. the face like, that of the never earth. happens nowadays. Like yeah. he just like he was like you know what I've done what I need to do had my fame got my millions you're never gonna see my face here for me again we haven't it's a big, big i mean that's him. the way to go honestly yeah <laughs> he made a
0: quick 50 mil and he was like fuck it i'm, mm-hmm. I'm leaving with my wife and kids and that's it like, we're enjoying a quiet life
1: such a fun side of paul dano too like he's just got such crazy range just look like such a fun movie for him to be in like it's just a side you don't really see much of him at all um and then obviously the thing which we'll be talking about today cloverfield which we'll be talking about on th- friday's review and then yesterday did a double feature in the theater of Saw Ten and the Creator, that's uh, what I've been
0: watching. and for me, quick, no one will save you as well. Enjoyed it uh, more than I thought I would.: um, Is
1: that a horror or is it like it's just a sci-fi it's,
0: it's a sci-fi I mean it's, horror, it's horror. definitely labeled it's, it's, as a horror, but like I didn't find it that frightening. Like, more of a thriller, there was one just...
2: jump scare that got me I'll be honest what it was the it got you. Like the little fridge jumper. Or not jump scare. No, you you know know what? Jump scare
0: got me. Also, crazy when she's running towards the front door and the front door gets kicked down and it just smacks her. I'm like, she's dead. Like, there's no, like, that kills the rock. (laughs) For those walk. of you,
1: for those of you at home, if George and Seth are both talking about different jump scares that got them, it is indeed a <laughs> horror movie. George, like, it's not really a <laughs> horror. And then you're both like, a jump scare got me. And for me and Cam type of people, it's absolutely a horror movie. <laughs> that, that to be fair,
2: I will movie. usually get got by jump scares. Yeah. It's, just, it's a weird one. Like, are they scary? Do you yeah, know what I mean? They're just like, cheap. Yeah. yeah. Um and yeah. then I watched uh, House at the End
0: of the Street which was an older uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Yeah, Jennifer it's just Lawrence. not a good movie. I, yeah, no. I I didn't like that. And then Evil Dead Rise. Um I was home for that weekend and uh, my younger sister asked me to pick a horror movie so I picked Evil Dead Rise and I prefaced it by saying it's not that scary. It's also just really gory. She was very scared. Mm-hmm. Um rewatched Bodies 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 with Victoria um which is just Funny because I drafted that last week on our uh, movies, movies that we watch, repeatedly yeah, yeah. watch with our significant other. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter, Killed Order of the Phoenix, Half Blood Prince, and Death is that your Hollow. favorite one? Order the yeah. Phoenix, yeah, favorite one, yeah. It is
2: interesting. Yeah,
0: that that a Deathly Hallows part two, um okay. but which I will watch soon. Uh, May December film festival last night the creator, which we will talk about it. Great rewatch. actually raised it to a four and a half. I, I really like that movie a lot. I think it's just a fun fucking horror movie. Um, and then Cloverfield and I think I mentioned The Thing already. Uh, but that's about it. Um, are you going to give
1: your quick thoughts on May, December? You're just not going to touch on it until we review it later?
0: I was going to talk about it when we like after the creator gotcha yeah, gotcha yeah gotcha. i, can yeah, about I it right I now. I, yeah. no, no no yeah we can do it but It'll i be just like didn't know if you seconds. weren't gonna touch on it at all yeah, yeah i could touch on it so yeah may december that was the first uh it was the opening night screening of the film festival last night um it was cool uh todd haynes was there um he kind of introduced the movie and then he uh brought out a bunch of his uh his crew um one of his longtime producers a few of his other producers his casting director uh i believe his composer was there um, Who's Todd Haynes again? He, I have actually never seen a Todd Haynes movie until May December. He did Carol. He did Dark Waters. Um, he oh, did Velvet yeah. Goldmine. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely need to dive more into his filmography. Um, I really liked May December. Um, very subtle, very melodramatic. Um, basically, Natalie Portman plays a character um who's interviewing Julianne Moore's character because she's gonna be playing her in a movie. Um I, I won't go too deep into like what it is about Julianne Moore's character. I, I forget if they mentioned it in the trailer, so I just don't want to spoil anything, but something happened in Julianne Moore's life that like put her in the spotlight for a little bit and now they're making a movie out of it. So <laughs> Natalie Portman's character is interviewing her and basically spending like a week with her just to um, you know, understand her mannerisms, understand her relationships. Um but uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Really solid, um, dramatic piece. Natalie Portman, um, I have her at my number two right now um, for like the Oscar race. She's probably number one if I'm being honest with you. Is she, no. is
2: she supporting or leading? She's I. She's
0: got to be lead. I'd imagine both of them are lead. They both have. Um, Natalie Portman has way more screen time, but they're both in in it enough to be considered for lead i don't it, it doesn't matter i don't think julianne moore was that great like to have oscar buzz uh but natalie portman was just stunning just fantastic um one of one of her best performances in a very long time in my opinion um so better than uh, Fall of the thunder? what better than Fall of the thunder <laughs> fair yeah right that, that's yeah. a crazy take should have won an oscar for that uh but yeah i'll leave it at that obviously we'll 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 dive into it a little more when it actually releases but really liked it really solid opening film um for the film festival the experience was awesome listening to the director chat a little bit was cool um uh and yeah i'll I'll leave it at that um seth did you want to touch on wait did you have a no no, i'm going next week next week okay okay i forgot if you saw one this weekend um all right so let's just jump right into it creator um one of the more anticipated movies on my end um certainly after that first trailer dropped i hadn't heard anything about it prior didn't even know john david washington was in a gareth edwards directed science fiction film um so that trailer dropped and the movie very quickly rose to to the top of my most anticipated movies list um we'll start with tyler i believe he's the most recent on us uh, saw it um tyler give us your thoughts on the creator
1: yeah i got a lot of thoughts on the creator so overall just like a really cool movie um that i liked i didn't love i felt like i came away from it thinking it could have been a lot better if they would have just done a couple things a little differently um but i will say that gareth edwards like he is the truth he, he has got the juice obviously i'm a huge rogue one advocate and i believe i see so he's also done godzilla and some other did, um, 2011
2: like uh, low budget sci-fi was it got like monster or
1: monsters, monsters yep yeah. monsters um, okay. But Rogue One's the only other one I've seen of his, and I obviously love that. And I, I think he is a great director. I think the, the technical production of this movie was brilliant. The, the cinematography, the production design set designs, costume designs, just the world that they built was so cool and interesting. And I, I everything visually and audibly about this movie because Hans Zimmer's score was incredible and the sound design was great. So everything from a technical aspect was one of my favorite movies I've seen in theaters in a while, especially considering the sub hundred million dollar budget. Just incredible. They were able to achieve all that. I will say the world felt unique at first, but, and I, I had a hard time articulating this in my letterbox review, but just didn't feel like lived in. Like I really, I couldn't really buy into the world being like a thing that's been happening in society for a long enough time. Like it just, something about it just didn't feel like they were able to build it enough for me to feel like this is like a, a proper world. That's an actual thing happening in society. Um, I thought the, and I know we're going to talk about it like at some point in this review, but I thought the casting department was a little bit of a miss here. I'm I'm not a big John David Washington guy. I really just don't like him as an actor, especially like in a lead role. Um, but I also think Allison Janney, who I think is a great actress, don't think she really had any business being in the role she was in. I really didn't really like her as like the general commander. I just couldn't buy into it at all. So I just thought the casting department missed a bit. Um, and then like I feel like the first third of the movie built up this really interesting AI artificial intelligence world. A lot of sociopolitical themes you could probably read into as well, but by the time the movie ended, I did like it from like an entertainment perspective. Like I enjoyed the ending, but I just kind of was like, it just felt like kind of familiar, honestly. When it it ended. I "I feel like this, and a lot of sentiments similar on Twitter. People are like, the the creator is going to be like the favorite sci fi movie ever. People like haven't seen Blade Runner and like other like actual like sci fi proper films because I can see why people would love this, but it feels. I don't know. It just felt familiar. It, it just it just didn't feel like it was enough to stand out as a unique uh, movie for me. But Hans Zimmer, I thought was awesome because we mentioned it when this was released that Hans Zimmer is going to be the score. Uh, kind of just like quietly happened to be like Hans Zimmer's score, but uh, I thought it was quite good, especially towards the end when it, everything got super intense. Um, but yeah, I'll leave it there. I give it a 6 out of 10. Um, definitely the middle also just last thing is like the middle, like 45 minutes, I I, I got quite bored during to be honest. I was just like, yeah, this is kind of dragging out a bit, but I thought the final third was great. Oh, final thing. The little girl who plays Alfie, incredible. Great. I thought she great. crushed
2: it. Yeah. She was so good. She, she, she was seven years part. old when they
1: filmed She She was unironically like, and not, not, this isn't even saying like to slight House* Janney or John David Washington. <laughs> I'm just saying purely like she was the best performance in the movie, and I think it was like not even close. Like, I thought she was so good. Um, but yeah, six out of ten. Liked it. Um, wouldn't say I felt disappointed because I'm never a big sci-fi guy, so I was really, I wasn't as hyped for this as you two were. Um, but yeah, I had a good time with
2: it, Seth. The first of us to see it, yeah. So, I I was really excited for this, uh, originally just because you know, new IP, sci fi. Um, I I don't know, it's I'll start with the negatives because I I do have you know a bit more positive to say. I think the way this is really let down by its script, in my opinion, like I know we've all mentioned this, even George. Obviously, George likes it more than us, but George's take actually quite light to your review it was a little bit different in terms of what you appreciate about it but i don't think it 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 does anything new the visuals are so good and it really is an unquestionable like triumph in the industry to especially like 80 million budget we net we never see that anymore but i don't i don't think i can overstate how damaging the script was at, at times for me in that it just doesn't do anything you know nothing's explored when it was try to i think a lot of stuff was attempted about you know what what you know when when we as uh, mentioned earlier when he was doing the um the q a after the screen he actually mentioned one of the inspirations being ex machina alex garlands in terms of you know what it means to be human um ai versus humanity and whereas it was so well explored in a film where ex machina nothing was said in this that hadn't been said before and i do think it's quite hard with the ai thing because it's been used a lot but like tyler said it just felt It felt too familiar. It it felt, it felt dull. I was quite bored during the kind of, I, I, there was a point where I was like dozing off a bit for like two seconds or in the middle because I was like, what's happening? I also just didn't love the cast to be honest. And I'm I'm pretty similar with Tyler in the same vein that I just don't think cast, not that they're not good actors because I like pretty much all of them individually. I just think they were all miscast. Maybe apart from the little girl who was fucking seven years old, which is crazy. Um, but I do think at the same time there were some sequences in this, um, especially you know during the end, during the start, that really managed to, you know, immerse me. I think it said in my review, like into Gareth was like futuristic vision, which I think he's so good at as a as a science fiction director, and I think he shows a lot of promise. Um this is coming from someone who hasn't seen I haven't seen Rogue One, I haven't seen uh which Godzilla film did he do? Like 2014, 2015. Yeah. But okay. I haven't seen that, I haven't seen Rogue One, I haven't seen Monsters, but judging from this i think he's a very strong director it's funny as well because when i left the screening everyone around me was saying this is so much like rogue one in a way that its direction is remarkable but its script is the way that it lets it down and kind of drags it down slightly but there were some sequences which literally blew my head off and i think for an 80 million budget it's so so good um and also final thing i say i just the emotional beats never hit for me i, I found it to be kind of emotionally devoid i I didn't really feel anything in, 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 in the the ending. Um but on contrary to Tyler, actually, I did actually quite like the world. Uh and I did I did feel like the world was lived in. I feel like it was an organic process that had been accumulating over time. We kind of felt that. Um but yeah, like I give it a three out of five. I was quite disappointed. Not that it was bad, just because I was kind of really excited for this when I first when I first saw the, the trailers. I just think it was very much beautifully directed but really really hindered by its lackluster script so yeah three out of five for me yeah
0: i like i said in in my tiktok review i I completely understand the criticisms and why everyone kind of leans more towards that three out of five or or three and a half Mm -hmm. out of five score i completely agree i don't think this movie does anything to progress that ai versus human narrative and it certainly doesn't do anything to like move the science fiction genre forward maybe in the way that some of us had hoped especially after that trailer um i gave it a four out of five which i i guess if you compare that to my expectations maybe that's a bit of a letdown but i still had such a blast with this movie um this is just one of the I, I just love just being immersed in a new environment and I think that's one thing this movie does just, just ridiculously well. well. Like it, it, yeah. it, it just felt so brand new. And Tyler, I understand what you're saying, where like the world itself didn't necessarily feel like lived in. Like I don't know how to elaborate that, but I understand what you're saying. Like it didn't feel like they developed the world as well as they could have. Um, but I think Gareth Edwards, just like Neil Blomkamp, and I'm gonna plug those Neil Blomkamp short films that I've been watching lately, they both The have, comparison is
2: drawn quite a lot between yeah, the Yeah, because they okay. both
0: just have like this very unique eye for like science fiction slash I guess pre apocalyptic worlds. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, they, they they feel dirty, they feel raw. Um, they 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 really elevate like you or at least for me they really elevated my experience with this movie because the world itself just they took so much care of it which which I really really enjoyed um, and, and seeing it on the big screen I was just I was just enthralled I was sitting in row C staring up at the amc lincoln square imax screen and i was just like this looks sick i was like this is just fantastic um but from a writing perspective like i said i absolutely understand the criticisms i don't think our characters were necessarily developed well enough um this movie this movie tried to give us moments of heart you know moments uh of impactful emotion that I think were well written, but I don't think they had the impact that they should have because the movie didn't build up these characters and these relationships as well as I had hoped for. Um, But other than that, I I obviously just, I've been beating to death the idea of this, uh, this new created cinematic universe in my head. Um, Just movies that are just very conceptually bold. They're beautiful to look at. There's clearly a lot of meticulous care that goes into this world, but they're all held back by a fairly lackluster and unoriginal script. I mentioned Pacific Rim is in that cinematic universe, Tron Legacy, Godzilla, Godzilla King of the Monsters, um, Oblivion um, and for me, I like that, I, I I really enjoy that, obviously, I, I talk about Pacific Rim quite often as being one of my favorites ever, I fucking love that movie, so I guess it really depends on how you come into this movie, and what you get out of it, and how you walk out of it, um, so I kind of got, not what I expected, obviously, I was, Fully prepared to just spam five stars on Letterboxd <laughs> after watching this movie. Um But for what it was, I, I had a really good time, flaws and all. Um I, I could definitely see myself revisiting this one um as like a, you know, late night edible watch or something. Um, it's a four out of five for me. It does sit inside my top ten, surprisingly, because like I've mentioned on the pod before, a big way I rate movies is... um you know, can I see myself re-watching them? Um, so, like, yeah, maybe, maybe Creed 3 and Barbie are objectively better films. I'm probably going to pick the creator to watch over both of those 10 out of 10 times. Um, so, yeah, for, for me, it's a 4 out of 5. Had a really good time with it. Um, definitely on the lackluster side in terms of character development, um, you know, progression of science fiction genres, the AI versus human narrative... Um but I had a great time with it. I really did. Like you guys said, some of the visuals were just fucking awe-inspiring. Some of the 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 sound designs on the bombs, like the quiet shots and then the bomb blew up and then like you get the feel of like that backfire. It, it just it felt cool, it looked cool. Um Tyler, believe it or not, I know you were praising Hans Zimmer. That was like the first thing I said walking out of the theater like that was a little lackluster. For underwhelming. Bible That's yeah. the first thing I said. I that, but, 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 not that it was bad by any means. No, I just, just we expect. So yeah, it's much. just it's but not like as memorable as like his Dune score. I, I said like the same thing. this, this yeah. felt like he was like. This was literally like a side project for him. Gareth Edwards approached him, and Hans Zimmer's like, "Yeah, I got two hours on a Saturday. Let me do this for you, real quick." Well, what's uh, funny
1: yeah, about what's funny about Hans Zimmer's score is that uh, what I should have mentioned is when I was watching, it, I forgot he did the score until like forty-five minutes left, and I was like, "Oh shit, he did the score," and I was like, "I don't remember hearing any score." <laughs> I was like, "I thought Hans Zimmer was doing this," but then like the final climax, I thought the score was really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So the, I was like, the "Okay, final climax." So to be it. fair, I, I really liked in the climax, and I thought retroactively, I was like. The the score is probably great. The rest of the movie too, but I, I vividly remember sitting in my seat and I had like an epiphany light bulb moment. Like forty five minutes left, I was like, "Isn't Hans Zimmer doing this score?" I'm like, and then I was like listening, and ten minutes went by. I'm like, "There's just no score right now." Like, where's the score? And then like <laughs> the big climactic ending happens. I was like, "Okay, this is like the Hans Zimmer."
0: That yeah, yeah, that was but yeah, like, not not
1: iconic for sure. I could no, I would never it, it, listen yeah. to any of these songs and be like the creator. Like well, like that's never the thing. Like
0: I I want to like I I'm whenever this score drops on Spotify, I'm listening to it through immediately like i want to see what he did because at times i felt like maybe he was a little underutilized or maybe that was like gareth edwards intention where he wanted to suck all the sound out of it so that he can like Mm -hmm. make sure that like the audience members are focused on what they're watching as opposed to what they're listening to Um, but yeah that was like the biggest thing walking out of the theater i was like not the most memorable Mm -hmm. Hans zimmer score during the credits at the end of the movie Hans zimmer's name came on the screen and this guy behind me goes, Oh my god, Han Zimmer <laughs> did the score. And I was like, Fuck <laughs> off, dude. Show some goddamn respect. Um, I also, uh, I-, I wanted to bring up Owen's tweet yesterday where he compared what was the ship called? The, the Nimbus, the nope. I know what you mean. What the it. The big ship, the big The bomby, ship has the big, yeah, fucking pew, yeah, that nimbus. one. Nimbus, nimbus, nimbus. I have no idea. That's something, with, it's something with an N. Um, but he basically said it's like a. I could easily just pull up his tweet, but I'm not going to. But he said it's like a more like intimidating Death Star. I disagree. I disagree with that, but I I like where he's getting at because like. That machine was such a big part of this, like, story, obviously. And if they made it, like, look goofy or, like, just perform goofy actions, I don't think it would have, like, hit. But, like, the scenes where it's, like, flying over a landscape and it's, like, scanning and then people are, like, Mm -hmm. ducking away and crying. Like, Gareth Edwards did such a good job at, like, making it, like, really feel like this is the end of the world of this it. machine. Yeah. Like, if you get scanned, you're fucked. Um,
1: I feel like a much better comparison is War of the Worlds. That's the vibe I got oh, from it. Like, oh, scanning, because, like, yeah. you know, that those were just tripods yeah. going around just zapping people. That's the whole, that's the vibe I got. Every time I was like going around scanning, I was like, this is this is Spielberg's War of the Worlds. I know it's really <laughs> but I've only seen Spielberg's. Um, but the fun, so John David Washington, like, I don't have the vitriol for him, like Mark Ruffalo, I guess. So I'm not going to go too, too heavy into him, but. Uh, I, I don't think he's great at like carrying a movie for me personally. And he kind of has to, for a lot of this, especially in the middle of this movie, it's really, you're just sitting with him um, as he's trying to make this trek to, to he's really struggling between kind of what's right and wrong here. And he's trying to do what he think is right. He thinks is right. I don't think he's that strong as like a, a lead star. And then George, you brought up my tweet and said, tenant and black Klansman, which I agree with you. I think he's, I think he works in *Tenet* because he's not asked to carry the movie he's more a vessel he's literally like named the protagonist he doesn't even get a name so he's just meant to be a body that's carrying out the story and i think he does good in that like same with robert pattinson i I love robert pattinson wouldn't say Tenet's the greatest acting performance he's ever done purely because he he wasn't really asked to that wasn't really the intent of the movie was to let the stars shine as much as they did i thought both of them did really good in it um black klansman as well i think it's just a really great like Ensemble cast. I didn't really feel like anyone was like carrying that movie or had like when the movie came out, he's he's the main cast member. But I feel like when you watch that movie, you don't think like there's like a John David Washington movie. I feel like it's kind of th- like Adam Driver, John David Washington, That's Jesse Clemens. No, I, I get what whereas, you're like, saying. Amsterdam, like Amsterdam, I think when he has to be more of a star, I, th- yeah. I just thought he was so bad.
0: No, I, I get what you're saying, especially with like Tenon and Black Klans, and like he's never like yeah maybe like even in like malcolm and marie like he's not the it, sole lead of these movies like he was better in this than he was in amsterdam i'll say oh that much. i mean yeah, yeah obviously bro. Uh, was, uh, but like was... tenant like he obviously had robert pattinson there to work off of uh black klansman you know adam driver was like the shining light of that movie mm-hmm. so like i get what you're saying where he like he can't carry a movie but i still feel like saying that is such a knock because i do think he's a good actor um and i think the creator i i i enjoyed his performance i didn't see like there was no part of his performance his line delivery or or anything he was doing or saying where i was like ooh this was miscast like i enjoyed him as a casting here he felt very um you know beaten down in this movie by like his past uh his character's past obviously i'm not talking about him now i'm talking about his character um and i think he did such a good job at like showing that like showing that he's the best at what he does but he also just lost his wife so he doesn't want to be a part of this world anymore so he puts on like that quiet depressed demeanor really well and then when he when he was recruited by um what, what was that woman's name that you just said? The one that you Allison said? You Janney. Said? Yeah, when, she, when he was recruited by her character, then he like flipped it to like this really badass guy, like no nonsense. So I, I think he's a great actor. I think he did a good job in this role. Um, I get what you're saying. You know, he hasn't been given a... I mean, I think the creator is a proper opportunity to attempt to carry a film, but I, I'll also say because the script holds it back, maybe it wasn't the best opportunity to try and prove that he can carry a film. Uh, but I still think he's a very, you know, I'm not going to say accomplished mm-hmm. actor, but he's a very capable actor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, also, and that's fair. That's yeah. Fair. Um,
1: but uh, do you guys agree with me though that I, I didn't really like Alison Janney cast in this movie? Even though I do like her. I episode.
2: I didn't like any. So you know, um. Her like you know Ralph, Ralph Ineson who was like a general or something one with a really yeah, he like, was not good either. he, like, I, I, he was, really, was like he the
1: right hand man right like the main guy yeah
2: yeah so I I think he's such a great actor like he's really good in The Witch in in The Green Knight I think he, his voice is so distinct I think he really worked I think he was so horribly miscast in this mm-hmm. and I think the same for her as well like I think they're really good actors like everyone in this was a good actor mm-hmm. but I just think some of the caster choices were really I, wrong I in think my they eyes. Went
0: and I don't know. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. For for um, God, what's her fucking name? Allison, what? Allison, Allison Jenny? And Jenny, Jenny, yeah. Jenny. Allison Jenny. I I feel like they tried to go for a very Sigourney Weaver in Avatar type role there. Okay, but do you know
1: absolutely. what they yeah you know what they pulled off though to me wreck it ralph
0: <laughs> in the in the
1: game jane lynch where she's like come on maggots we gotta defeat it. that's exactly what i was saying the whole time I was like yeah and i think you're exactly right they were going for like a more sigourney weaver badass and what they ended up getting it is, just didn't yeah it, it, it like,
0: came off very corny. i never believed her
1: to be like a, a general who rose the ranks of military command as some like harsh <laughs> like hardcore military mastermind
2: you know? we, we'll go oh, on to this title but it's funny you say that because Obviously, we'll go on to this again, but you know, the Sorex ending, that's the vibes I had from that in terms of the main woman in that. Obviously, we won't go into it, but that's yeah, the vibes we'll, I had. We'll
1: get that. to that in Socks because I actually yeah. don't really know exactly what you're talking about, but last thing I want to touch on about John David Washington, because I'm lower on him than George, but I won't say he's like a bad actor, but um, I thought the girl was so good and the final scenes of this movie, like requires such emotional connection between the two that it was giving me don't, flashbacks. Don't say that but... was a bad scene. No, I I didn't think he was great. In it. Okay, I, it okay. reminded me of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, like the the little girl actor like sees Leonardo DiCaprio and she's like, "You are so unprofessional. You suck." Like I pictured like that little girl as like the Alfie, who's like acting her heart out, and then like she's like, "You're giving me nothing. Like I'm I'm, I'm acting at a ten out of ten. Like you got to be matching my level because I, I don't know. I thought." I thought the scene was good for like entertainment value, but that's what I mean when I say it just felt so familiar. Cause I feel like the ending was just very much like, yeah, yeah it's I'll like it's very there's typical ending. One,
0: there's one thing that I think would have made um, this movie like significantly more impactful and it would have just, it would have just hit emotionally way more. So for the first like half, and now this is a little bit of a spoiler. So if you haven't seen it, um, I guess just skip ahead like five minutes. It's not that big of a spoiler. Um, but it could be, depending on how you look at it. Um, but we find out that his deceased wife, or not deceased wife, is Nirmata. Um I thought it was the kid the entire time. I, just, I, I thought that's where they were I th- going. Like I think she, that was the point, though, isn't it? Yeah, the like, from the, the first time she puts her hands together and she turns off all the electricity, I'm like, oh, like, she's God. Like, that's... <laughs> that's who he is trying to look for, but he doesn't know that she's right there. Mm-hmm. So I think that would have been significantly more emotionally, especially down the line, finding out that the kid is essentially a copy of his actual kid that he was supposed to have with his wife. Um, but yeah, I, I was like the entire time. I'm like, this kid is God. Like mm-hmm. that's God right there. I'm staring at God and it's really cool. Um, and then they like pulled this curveball, and I feel like they, how I met your mother at us in a way where like, the mother is just like in a coma, <laughs> like like we're spending this whole movie trying to find her, and it's going to be like this really cool embrace when they find each other. Just like how I met your mother, we spend nine seasons like, oh, who's the mother? And then Have you I spoiled
2: people... the whole show for me. Have you that's not?
0: Crazy. I don't care. Whatever. That's that's on you. That show's been out for twenty years. I've seen uh, like three episodes. Not... You're you would hate show. it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, Friends. <laughs> yeah, fair
1: the kid also just like reminded me a lot of like 11 from stranger things like very similar vibes can kind of control stuff with their mind not quite at the full level of their powers yet um also one thing i just want to mention is i've seen people review saying review this movie saying it it felt weirdly pro ai which when you read the movie at surface level definitely agree like basically the movie's kind of for sure sticking up for ai so i like for watching the movie and absorbing it without thinking deeper um, very pro AI, which is like kind of weird. I can get why people get that rubbed the wrong way, but I, I'm i pr- like, for me, it's like pretty clearly like supposed to be s- symbolic. And you read more into it; it's not AI like itself. Is you know, what, uh, people have read into it saying it's like a 9/11 type movie, kind of like similar to the like, happening where it's you know, and i basically. And they kind of mentioned it early on, which I thought was like where it was really in your face there's like a sociopolitical message when they said. When like the news station at the very beginning was like, "Oh, we're not against the people of New Asia. We're just against like, the the AI there." So it's kind of like saying like, "Oh, like, you know, America goes into like Iran and Iraq and just like ruins entire countries." It was like, "Oh, we don't. We're not against the Iran people and Iraq people. We're just against the people that did the bad stuff." And I felt like that was the very big parallel for me. That was interesting. Just kind of like more about. War in general, and I, I don't think it's necessarily trying to say that AI is a great thing that we need to stick up for. Um, very interesting time for the movie to come out, though, with like AI taking over stuff. Um, with you know, obviously the writer's strike that was very heavily involved with AI,
0: yeah. And then one other thing um, this is a story I think would have benefited without a time jump, personally. And I don't know how you guys feel about this. Like, I would have loved to see like the immediate aftermath, like the movie opens, and you see this in the trailer as well. Um, and it's like 10 years ago today, the artificial intelligence, you know, that we made to protect us detonated a nuclear warhead in uh, Los Angeles. I would have loved to see the immediate impact of that in like the AI versus human race, mm-hmm. you know, the the cleanup of Los Angeles, I guess, like because John David Washington's character mentioned that he lost his entire family in that um, uh, in that explosion. Um, so I would have loved to see like his immediate reaction, the world's immediate reaction to like AI taking over, I guess. Um, I feel like a 10 year time jump here just kind of removes you a little bit from like the gravity of the situation. Cause like 10 years is a long time, you know, mm-hmm. that's like a, how have you not fixed this shit by now? Kind of a long time. <laughs>
2: um I think that's kind of the great for, wouldn't it? Like, it, it's the norm in society, and that's kind of the way that they're headed in terms of. It was the norm, and you kind of adapt to that. I know what you mean, though. I think it would have been fun to see the initial impact and yeah. everyone kind of freaking out. And, and again, I'm like, you know? I'm like
0: going right back to like Neo Blancap and District Nine. Like, that's like an immediate yeah, yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Like, aliens come in, blah blah blah. You're kind of seeing it like firsthand on how people are reacting to that shit. Uh, have you and-
2: seen District Nine, Tyler? Yeah, long, long,
1: long time ago, though. Like, I, th- that was, I think, when I worked in a movie theater and it came- I saw it like in theaters when it came out. A good so, movie. long time a good ago. Movie. But yeah, like, a, so I think George, what you mentioned is kind of probably what the missing key is for me, where I said like it didn't feel lived in. I think that like, a little more of that before the time jump might have been what I was kind of looking
2: for to. Yeah. Really Yeah, solidify Just this like world
0: something. Cause like, obviously, he built a beautiful world. This movie's awesome mm-hmm. to look at. There's no yeah. denying yeah. that. Just
2: even the opening, the opening yeah. like yeah. reaction exactly. to it. Yeah, but it's yeah, like it.
0: it doesn't feel. It feels very built. It doesn't feel natural, I guess, is what we're trying to say. Um, Yeah. But we could wrap up our our creator review there. I gave it a four out of five. Currently, I believe, sitting at my number nine spot of the nine, Uh, ten, actually. I think I have made December slightly above it. I have to check my rank because I already forgot. (laughs) Seth and Tyler, both at a three out of five. Um, Cam didn't watch it, right? Do we know what Cam gave it? I don't uh, he, think he so. I don't believe watch you watched no. it. Okay, well, I'm gonna kick it over to you two. I obviously did not see Saw Ten, um, so you guys can can take it away with a little bit of Saw chatter.
1: Um, do you want to kind of run through the? Uh, I'll, I'll I'll take it away. So I'll kind of run through what Saw Ten is about. So actually, maybe you know you me. are it's, the it, Saw
2: guy now, Tyler. The yeah, resident it, Saw it, guy. is this That's
1: between true. Saw One and Two or Two and Three? Yes, yeah, One so and one two? two. Okay, yeah. so this yeah. takes place between
2: what? Yes. So this yes. is between, this is like a it brings it really back to the roots of the franchise. Mm-hmm. This is like old school. Saw. Oh, I did mm-hmm. not know that. So this movie, takes that's why I think you'd to- enjoy it.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, it's also the longest movie of the franchise. So it's between saw one and two. And basically the synopsis of this movie, just kind of getting into it without going into spoilers is this is when obviously John Kramer has terminal brain cancer and he's trying to figure out a solution. Obviously we see in saw three is when he kidnaps the doctors to make them do the surgery on him. But what we kind of see in saw 10 is that before this, he had another opportunity to try and get rid of this brain cancer through this very experimental surgery slash drug cocktail that was being released. I was basically able to like turn on and turn off certain cells and was able to heal all these world biggest diseases and problems. But quickly with the big behemoth that big pharma is and big medical is when someone's out there creating a a cure for all the biggest diseases in the world, they're quickly going to want to nip that in the bud because that's their cash cow. That's how they make billions, maybe even trillions of dollars in industry is just, trying to treat people's cancers treat people's biggest issues so the guy has to go into hiding john kramer threw a guy at a support group at the cancer a cancer support group this guy's like hey like I, he finds him a couple of months later who's like doesn't have cancer anymore he's completely good he had pancreatic terminal cancer and john kramer's like how the hell are you better from cancer and he's like well like this a very experimental guy um he has this kind of new method but he, it's underground because the the drug companies are trying to take him down um, i have his contact here you go so then John Kramer gets in contact with them, finds out that they're in Mexico, and this kind of sets the whole thing in motion. As John Kramer goes to get this experimental surgery and drug cocktail done to get rid of his brain cancer, this movie's about two hours long, um, but it's by far the most character-driven. Like there's probably a good forty minutes, probably maybe even longer in the beginning. That's purely just like a drama, almost a man that's dying of cancer, trying to seek out a solution, going to Mexico, traveling. Um, a lot of touching moments that really humanize him where he he finds a kid with a broken bicycle and he helps fix the wheel. Like really just a very interesting character study that we're not used to in the Saw franchise, especially since like Saw One, that kind of really gives some more background. But I think by far this is the most character driven character study of both John Kramer and Amanda as well, because obviously she's back because it's between Saw One and Saw Two. Um, so that kind of sets the stage. It's John Kramer going, and I don't know if this gets into spoilers because it's kind of what like the movie's about. Basically, they, they scam them and it was what they do. And this isn't a spoiler. This is kind of what, I mean, don't they?
2: Yeah. Is that a spoiler? Well, this
1: did you see the trailer? It's kind of like, well, I mean, okay, no, to I be sh- fair, if it's a saw movie, there's going to be something that happens where he's going to have to get some justice for it. But
2: um, <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I guess so. Yes, and I mean, I'll if you really people like- being in the comments, just being like, John I'm Reimer literally about to watch is this. It's literally Batman.
0: <laughs> no.
1: So the, the last thing I'll say before we get into like our review to set the stage is basically he goes, he he realizes he gets scammed. They they cheat him out of money, and uh, Jigsaw doesn't like that when people uh fuck with other people's livelihood. People who are dying of cancer and looking for hope and one last opportunity. And uh, they scam him out of money. So, um, with that, Seth, we'll turn over to you. What are kind of your initial takeaways and what Wait, reviews? Sorry,
0: what well, one thing from me? The, the you just saying like he goes to like Mexico to like seek out this like weird place mm-hmm. to like cure. That sounds like Doctor Strange when he goes to taj to like cure his hands. It's like a I complete, mean, it's like a
2: complete whim. Fair, <laughs> fair.
1: And <laughs> I mean that oh, yeah, that, was, yeah. that happened by Scott Derrickson is also a yeah, horror director, true. so the, the tie-ins are there. Yeah. <laughs>
2: They did um. They did that. That's what Twitter really me laugh. They did that thing uh, when they go to Mexico. Did you see it, like with the color saturation? What they do in like every film? Oh, it's mm-hmm. like yellow, is They're it orange like... or yellow or something? <laughs> yeah, it's like that's that got to be the funniest like, thing. In- guys, it's, it's sunny so and hot ridiculous. in Mexico.
1: We'll we'll let you know that by turning on this filter that every it's like crazy. basically the Narcos filter if I call because that whole show is just like orange and yellow
2: hues. <laughs> it's a ridiculous, man. Yeah. So um. I liked it. I think, I think this is probably one of the most, the only saw films I have above a 2.5 are obviously saw one, saw two, saw six. And this one, I haven't watched the, some of them in a long time though. So I will say that, well, other than the first one and this one, but I thought it was good. I think it has, it's, it's a, you know, I mentioned in my review, it's a good little concoction, good little mix of like dramatic and emotional beats in the first kind of half. Um, where we see John Graham is like human side and we go through his path and it, it's surprisingly emotional points, but then it, it really pulls you back in um, to the foundations of the Soul franchise and really brings you back to day one with just some really just squirming, juicing traps that, that actually there was like one or two. And I texted the title this last night that actually made me feel like, what the fuck it made me feel a bit uneasy. And so, do you know when I told you before that I had a story about this, um oh, yeah. this is
0: what the story was about
2: it's not even a, a good story but like this is a bear man this is boys this is an overreaction
0: right? were you, were you stuck in a saw trap
2: <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when i got in the cinema there was i'm not going to say what sort because i think the big thing about saw is you don't want to know the traps are it's not the eyeball the eyeball trap comes in early they get out of the way early. It's also,
1: like, just quick note love that because that's that's the poster, that's the trailer, the eyeball trap, that's everything they're doing. To I was the worried movie. about that. And it's just like a quick, yeah. in the beginning, barely even a part of the movie. And I love that. It's like, not it a part of the movie anything. at all. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, yeah. I I, re- I was really, I was really glad. I thought that would be like the staple trap, but it's definitely not. Mm-hmm. So there's one trap, um, probably the first one that comes up that like made me feel uneasy at <laughs> the there was this woman like at the end of the row and I literally heard her say, I'm going to be sick. And she actually had to run out. <laughs> and this sounds like I'm like marketing the film. Do you know what I mean? But that's actually happened. Like she was like, had to, she literally got up and ran out from like the bottom of the fucking cinema screening. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like why are you ever had to run out? And then there's a, there's a, um, a trap that comes after that title. You know what I mean? We'll sell some good spoilers. Cause I think traps are a big part for sore mm-hmm. fans.
3: Yeah.
2: One that involves a head. Um, and I was like, Jesus Christ, like, that made me feel a bit uneasy. And I think that's the, the great thing about the Sorb film is that we've kind of lost that because it went back to the basics with John Kramer's story, who I really like and I always really liked as a character. We had, the, we had some real originality with the traps. We had, we had some fun moments. We had some scary moments. Not scary, but like cringe moments i guess Mm -hmm. um i think that's why it succeeded um do i think it's a great film no so i don't have it that highly i rate it a three out of five so certainly not high well comparatively to the the recent saw films actually is but i don't know i think it's I think they did what they they had to do here i think it's a very to have even a 10th film in a franchise be good in any way is fucking rare let's be honest i'd see like fast x this year um but yeah i thought it was a, so three out of five for me a good mix of surprisingly emotional beats and 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 sadistic carnage which is exactly what we wanted and expected i think saw fans if you're a big saw fan obviously you've probably seen it already but if not go and see it because you'll probably really like it so yeah three out of five for me
1: yeah i I really liked it. I gave it a four star, which for me, I'm similar to Seth. I only have three Saw movies above a three star, Saw three out of three star, and then Saw original Saw and Saw 10. So bookending the franchise at four stars. Other than that, not a huge fan of the series. Although it doesn't get too low for me. I think Jigsaw is my least favorite, but there's a lot of two and two and a half. So it never really dives to like the really shit tier for me. Um, But I'm really happy for Tobin Bell on this because I feel like they finally gave him an opportunity to actually show some true range. He's obviously been been great in other Saw movies, but they gave him like, like I mentioned it before, like full like forty, fifty minutes of just pure dramatic acting that I thought he yeah. he, I did not expect him to have that kind of acting chops, um. So really enjoyed that. I I, I
2: really like him. Yeah, I really yeah, like no, his presence. I really enjoyed. Yeah, enjoy I, it. I, yeah. I,
1: he, he he crushed it in this movie. Um, the thing that I think really does well about this, if regrounding the franchise, is you have to. It's a weird way to put it, but you almost have to earn the traps. Like Saw Three D is the biggest. I agree. Biggest uh, offender of this where it was just trap, 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 trap and saw 3d. And it was like crazy wildest things ever. Um, this one, like the traps are disgusting, um, but you kind of have to earn them. Like they're really like, there's the eyeball trap, like we mentioned in the beginning. But other than that, you don't get to the first trap until like maybe an hour 20 in something like that. Like, and you really have to earn them and sit with them. And that makes them just so much harder to stomach. Uh, yeah. You mentioned a woman got sick in your screening. I was close. There was a fight or flight moment for me. And we'll get into spoilers when we talk about the traps. There was a legit fight or flight moment for me, which it was like 3 p.m. when I saw it, and I hadn't eaten anything that day. But I don't think that was the reason. I think genuinely just because the, the trap was gross. But I didn't have like a soda or, or snacks or anything in the theater. But there was a moment where my my palms are sweating. I was feeling lightheaded. I almost got a little dizzy. I was like, I legitimately had a flight or flight moment where I was like, I might have to dip out of this for a second. Like I'm feeling not good right now. Because when I want to know a, which
2: one it was. We'll, we'll was, get there
1: when, yeah, when we because yeah, yeah. when you watch a saw movie or any gruesome movie at home, it's easy to remove your like you can kind of look away. The volume, even if you even if you have your volume loud, it's never movie theater volume. So even if you're in a movie theater, if you have to like avert your eyes, you're still getting yeah. the the loud ass speakers pumping the sound and the sound design's obviously disgustingly great. Um so yeah, it was it was a lot for me. But I made it through. Soldiered on mainly because of just peer pressure. I was like, I'm not gonna let these people think I'm bitch made for leaving right now. So, because there was one other person who left at one point, I was like, I wonder if they went and got sick because they kind of just. How many people to- were
2: in your screening? Was it like a really busy one. Or-
1: uh, it was like a half full theater, so not not super busy, not not super empty. Um, but yeah, I was like, I can't let these people think I'm bitch made. Um, so yeah, uh, with that, I give it a seven point seven out of ten, uh, which is like barely under the first saw for me. And people have been saying that it's their favorite saw in the Fran- saw movie ever in the franchise. I can see why. Like, I don't It's number two for me, number two, which okay, is where I was expecting th- it to
3: be. But
2: either two or three for me, maybe three, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, so it's pretty um,
1: high. Yeah, so we'll get into spoilers now.
2: George, um, so yeah. don't listen to this. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, I'm going to take my headphones off. Do you no, me? I actually yeah. don't want just to just like hit, yeah. hit, hit a no. wave when you're done.
3: <laughs>
1: when, the, yeah. when the spoilers thing come off, you'll know. Um, so, yeah. So we'll pick up from my synopsis where I left off. He was scammed. Basically, he finds out that this company takes, which honestly I was confused about because they didn't, uh, maybe I just missed it briefly. I don't remember them saying like there's a huge money exchange. He was paying them. So I guess I kind of missed the part where he had to give him a quarter million dollars, but basically they kind of just travel around like a, like a circus almost where they just come into town, get a couple cancer patients, have them pay them, you know, quarter million to half a million dollars to cure their cancer. Um, don't actually do any surgery on them. Um, kind of you know with john kramer they basically did his head surgery uh and he they said like don't take off your bandage for like three weeks it's very sensitive it's an antibacterial wrap you don't want to touch it um obviously by the time he finds out after three weeks their their plan is to be you know like a circus they're they're out of town they're in the next town they're gone you'll never hear from them um they're they're safe so they thought um and basically what he realized because he was awake ish during the surgery is he was watching a screen that was supposed to be like them, you know, doing his head surgery, doing his
2: brain and stuff. Yeah.
1: And he meets a woman. I can't remember her name. Maybe Gabriella, something like that. Um, Gabrielle.
2: Yeah, Gabriella. Gabriella. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, who, who he has a, a nice, intimate connection with at the kind of hotel retreat area where the whole surgery takes place. And he's like, she was a really nice girl. Like, uh, and he was really thankful for his cancer being cured because he left and he took all these crazy drug cocktails that made him feel better, um, in the short term. So you're like you know what like I she, I'm really thankful for her I really liked her I'm gonna travel back there um they didn't they kind of kidnapped him almost because like they mentioned and I, like I mentioned the synopsis they're kind of a medical industry that's under fire right now because uh, big pharma is trying to get after them so they kind of had to blindfold him so you didn't know where he was going. And he kind of knew from context clues like oh there's like a cell tower there mountains there he kind of figured out where it was so he goes back and he wanted to gift her some tequila and when he goes back that's when he realizes that they're gone this whole thing's been trashed he goes into their operating room and realizes that there was never any head surgery he uh takes it was just off a video yeah. yep takes off his bandage it was just a video they were playing and he realizes that basically all of them are just scam artists that are taking people's money um he saw i think he saw like an, a ledger or something of all the people um that yeah. he took money from so then this is kind of what sets the movie in motion he's going to go enact his revenge kidnap the four or five people involved like the, the driver from the airport um, the anesthesiologist the surgeon the woman who's kind of the head of it all um I mean, gabriella Gabriela as well who, who yeah. initially was someone who he was really close to and he basically is going to kidnap him make him go through all the traps to suffer and that's where we get to kind of the end of the movie which is all the traps happening which is kind of bang 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 they all happen i guess we'll quickly touch on the eyeball one just to get it out of the way so which i never knew because from the poster i couldn't tell i was like are those glass tubes that are like doing something to his eye i didn't know it was like a vacuum thing um that was gnarly but it was quick and almost the, the it didn't really get me it didn't really make me queasy like the finger snapping almost looked too fake to where i was like yeah it, it didn't work for me at all. that it didn't didn't make me cringe
2: i kind of like it though because i was there was a worry which we mentioned earlier that this would be like the poster trap i mean it was like i mean like yeah, the yeah. staple in the film. And I was really worried about it, but this is nothing. This happens like, so basically he's in the hospital and he sees this guy who's like stealing uh, money out of a, um, like a, a patient's purse when she's asleep or whatever. And then he imagines himself or, you know, doing it, you know, doing this eyeball trap towards him. And then he sees him, the guy puts the money back and he's like, good to des- sit. John Kramer says like, good decision. So this really is nothing. And this lasts like two minutes, if that, but if well it really if that but uh yeah it didn't really have an impact on me i thought it was, it was cool i really like the, the shooting style of it but i'm just really glad that this wasn't used as like the staple trap and that they had so much to offer because i think that was a really good decision from them and i also think it's a you know it works in the marketing you know what i mean it's a good little it's i really like the poster for it and stuff like that but as far as the trap itself didn't really have an impact Thought so it was cool but mm-hmm. finger snapping thing i was like yeah it doesn't doesn't look great do you know what mm-hmm. i mean so probably, but, so. Yeah. I don't think they put too much focus into that, into compared to the you know the later ones, which is good. right,
1: which also makes sense because it was just a vision. And I did really like you touched on it the the shooting style and the direction of this whole thing in general by Kevin Grutert. I really enjoyed like that whole scene of the yeah, eyeball agree. trap was super sick. There were so many like three sixty camera like pans, like going in circles, like quick cuts, like it felt very much like the closest I have felt to James Wan's directing style in the series. And yeah, yeah. Like, I know Kevin, this yeah, guy's directed brilliant. a couple of other ones, which actually like. Saw six low key, like who, who this guy also directed, was kind of like a shining light. It, like it's still two and a half like for me, six. but but compared to like uh three, four, and five, I was like, Oh, this yeah. feels like a little bit fresh. So I think this for saw direction, Kevin grozer I think is is quite good. Um, yeah, but yeah, so the traps, uh, let's get into it. So the first trap is the, the, the bone one? marrow trap. Yeah, that's the one that got me the worst. I was really queasier in uh, that
2: it's when that, so she's that was like this, diabolical she ties the bell wait is the leg one isn't it, the first one yep. Yep. yeah 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 she ties the belt around the top of her leg around the thigh and then she's got like this this like chain thing which it's like mm-hmm. it, it's like a saw kind of thing and it, it's he, john Craven says like insanely sharp whatever she's like that like pulling her hands back and forth but it's just slowly going through that was like it's because of the pressure on her leg and mm-hmm. when the leg kind of comes off i was like jesus we're, we're going there for this one the practical effects are great they were they were really really good they were best i've seen from a saw in a while that was the moment when that woman ran ran out and i was like yeah fair enough that's fucking weird Mm -hmm. the the other one we'll go into actually made me feel a bit uneasy but like even me who's watched endless you know gore films horrors whatever i I was like okay this is fucking cool Mm -hmm. So i think there's a difference as well like you say in when it's good practically when it looks realistic and then when it's just like yeah that looks so fucking stupid mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and it mm-hmm. looked real uh so yeah that was the that was the first one I, I really really liked that one i thought it was shot really well it
1: was mm-hmm. interesting because actually we forgot one other trap. So it was like taxi, taxi driver um the whole like bomb in the arms that he had to like cut oh, out
2: oh that yeah one. so
1: basically he had to like cut out the
2: these bu- that the, made me feel uneasy as well too.
1: yeah so no like weird. the practical effects were great yeah. this, which i feel like some of the older saw films which you know they're older so you can't fault them too much some of them are just such crazy, ludicrous traps that are so wild
0: it's just that too almost much.
1: yeah, it's too much. Where you're like, that didn't really get me because it just felt so. But whereas this is like, very it feels intimate. cartoonish in a way.
2: Yeah, it, yeah, so it's just a word for Because he's mm-hmm. like, he's stuck in this kind of bomb thing, and he has to get the what are the things in his arms again? He has to basically cut his arms off and pull these things. Yeah, out because it, he wire. has a
1: bomb attached to both of his forearms, and like the the wires are like, the the type of wire that like the type of knife he gives them just wouldn't be able to cut through.
2: Yeah, so he has like get his arms, and he's like chopping his arms up. But it, it's really close, like really intimate, as you say, and really detailed to the point where I was yeah. out, like, that that was wh- actually, I would probably say that got me a little bit more than the leg one. Thinking mm-hmm. about it, it it was just so close up all the time, like the noises and stuff. Mm-hmm. I uh, think that was really cool. Actually, really. I think
1: the Saw franchise, if it keeps going, I think we might see that guy again because he survives. And John's like, you're gonna be okay, and like I feel like it's kind of like a new Amanda, like that guy's gonna be a new follower. Potential, yeah.
3: Yeah, um, but,
1: but the leg one was directed so well. Cause the, the sound editing was just gruesome, but like every time she would like kind of rip the saw through, like the camera would just like tilt super hardcore. Like each time she was kind of sawing through and the, just the way the camera was working in harmony with what was happening. I was like, this is a lot. And the, that 10 minute sequence, even for people who have a tough stomach, which I like to think I do is such an intense 10 minute sequence because you go from her cutting off her leg, which she completely saws through her leg, incredible practical effects to then having to, like, inject her thigh bone with a contraption that sucks out bone oh, marrow. That was that's,
2: horrible. That's that then dripping horrible. bone
1: marrow onto a yeah, plate. Yeah. And then from <laughs> yeah. that, she fails to like get white, enough in time. Yeah, it's like yep, white, blood, white, white, this little bone marrow. Thing. It was horrible. goes from that, yeah. which she fails to do in time, to her head being cut off, deca- decapitated.
2: Really, then, really. It was like the way she falls, the way yeah, the head comes off.
1: Everything was... was so insanely real. And then immediately yeah. from that, you go to the main woman, cutting this woman open taking all of her intestines out and using it as a, a rope such... <laughs> so that <laughs> 10 minute sequence was like some of the most intense things i've seen just because it was just non-stop like cut off the leg bone marrow head off yeah. intestines out. i was like holy shit they're going all so out like
2: that we know how horror films look, you know terrified did the same marketing tactic where i don't know if you saw i actually just posted a video about this they were um Handing out like vomit bags in like some mm-hmm. of the U.S. and some of the I get it, man. Like it's good marketing, you know. What I mean, people and you know there was articles were saying like people are they couldn't finish the film.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Of course, we know that that is marketing and that's what gets people in the seats. And they did it with terrifying. It worked and it will work with this. But that sequence, if you are squeamish, I mean, why the fuck are you going to a, a saw film in general? <laughs> but I feel like that's why people go sometimes, though. Do you know what I mean? It's like that's why. Yeah, it's like a roller coaster field.
1: if you're afraid of heights. You know, you kind of like to touch. Yeah, them. yeah,
2: exactly. And um. That the 10-minute the sequence going from A to B and then ending with someone literally holding intestines and using them as rope even made me feel a bit sick. And that's someone who's so used to it by now. So I, I do kind of get why people what you know the reaction to this film because it is more gruesome because it's more realistic, more intimate, more personal than previous Saw films. And it's not realistic. Look, Saw films are never realistic, but like you said, you know, with the Saw Three and Four they were going to the point where it was cartoonish violence. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But with this one, they really hone in on bringing it back to the basics. Mm-hmm. Like in the first Saw, where he cuts his, you know, because it's like, oh, it's so right. intimate, and personal. Um, mm-hmm. So I, kind of, I do kind of get it, but they marketed this film so well in general. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's what they're doing. This horror film is just really good at it.
1: And I feel like the big thing with every other Saw film is, like, there's a trap, then you kind of get some plot, then a trap, then plot. Whereas this is, like, you get so much plot it's like. that's why, like, I think the fight or flight, like, was triggered in me, because I was like, this was the first one and we have like three more to go and it's going to be back to back to back to back. And I was like, we're about like buckling because there's going to be an insane ending to the movie, which it was. Um, so that yep. trap ends. And I'll let you talk about this next one because this is the one that got you more because the, the leg one was the one that made me squeamish. This one kind of was the one that affected you the most.
2: Yeah. So what is he in now? So he's in a and he basically has to get some of his brain and put it in like a, again, like a cup, whatever, just to, to mm-hmm. stop it, or whatever it is. Yeah, he had to get a
1: certain weight of his brain cut off. Certain
2: weight of his brain. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, so he first gets this kind of drill and he's like, you know, when you see a spy film or a heist film, they have like a laser and they cut round a window, like with a, a laser and makes like a perfect circle and they just pop through it. It was like they did that. He did that with his head. And then he like goes into his brain and he's like picking at his brain and grabbing out like a little lump. But it's so like realistic in the way that it is. And he's like, picking out a little bit of his brain and just like plopping it in this cup. And I was like, Jesus, that makes me feel weird. Like I was just kind of thinking about the feeling of someone in your head, like literally in your head, not metaphorically. And it was the way he did it, where he kind of just has this perfect circle that pops off. And then he's just like in there with like a fork or so, you know whatever it was. Mm-hmm. and just grabbing a little bit out. And I thought that was like, re- again, really cool. And something new and something f- refreshing. And I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think the, the traps were a really successful part for, for that reason. So, yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I, I love like the
1: thing, like his kind of theme he's going forward with the trap is like you guys act like you're surgeons, but you're not. I'm gonna make you do some surgeon shit. And clearly, this guy he was just like a vet, and he he doesn't know what the hell he's doing for brain surgery. So he's like when he starts to cut open his scalp, it's so g- <laughs> brutal. Like he's like just like stabbing himself with like the sawdust. Clearly, just, like, a man trying to get a little surgery. bit.
2: Trying to yeah. get a little bit of brain, and then when he—it's like when he puts it down, the, the camera goes really close to this little like cup where he's it's little like weighing scale, and it's just this tiny bit of brain. It's just like it's, it's so full on. I didn't really expect it going into it, um, mm-hmm. but they were my, they were definitely my most enjoyable bits from the film. Those mm-hmm. sequences, which is kind of weird to think about.
3: But
1: yeah.
2: And there was a cool callback in that
1: one to, earlier in the movie when he first gets to Mexico and he sees that like temple, and the driver's like, you know, every tourist makes well, these, you come here. It's, it's kind of weird. This is where people's hearts get ripped out. And he kind of used that same exact temple look on a head for when he fails a trap, it's like a heater wires in there and it shuts in on him. him. I was like, you know, yeah. that's pretty cool. Like, that's why I thought like this movie cared more than the other, a lot of the other Saw movies. Like they were like, they tried to make this an actual like competent movie as opposed to just like trap, trap, trap. Cause like, I was like, trap, Oh, that was a yeah. fun little bit. Um, the next one, um, the next trap. So this is when the woman, this is Gabriella, the woman he kind of falls for, which we're just kind yeah. of using, or not he falls. Well, yeah, he kind of does fall for her. And this is where we get some interesting or some good plot development with Amanda's character, who obviously John kramer initially put in a trap because she was abusing heroin or some some intense drug. And is kind of that same thing. She's a heavy drug addict, and you kind of realize she was probably only pulled into this scam because she needed money for drugs. She and money, one yeah. of the other guys was her drug dealer. Um, so, Amanda was really sympathetic to her. She's like, you know, John, which it, it is a moral gray area. John thinks drug addicts are wasting their lives, which, you know, you can see why he might think that. And then Amanda's from an opposite perspective, kind of saying drug addiction is like not as black and white as you think it is. You can't just, yeah. like, a lot of people fall into these circumstances. So, it's a really interesting character development. You kind of get an idea of the difference between Amanda and Jigsaw because they obviously have differences in the other saw movies of how they go about things. So kind of seeing their philosophy play out, Amanda definitely feels empathetic for her. She kind of tries to throw her a bone. Initially Gabriella was supposed to be the next trap, but Amanda pushed it off and made the guy do the brain surgery. Seth was talking about. Um, so Amanda felt very sympathetic for this woman. Her trap was she got shackled one arm and one leg chained up in chained up in the air and a crazy radiation machine that like <laughs> used the treat cancer just blasted it on her
2: literally blasted in her face and yeah. she's like melting I'm like jesus christ i like i like that though because again it goes back to this like it's so intimate it's not like you know you're getting something that's just like blowing her head off or what, the mm-hmm. usual shit we used to see where it's just so over the top because it was like she, her face is just slow like melting and it's mm-hmm. really intense um mm-hmm. yeah i like this idea for trap And then obviously she has to like she's in shackles with like her wrist and her, her foot i just like break the fuck out of her foot to make sure mm-hmm. she gets through it and it was cool man I, I, I really like this but i did
1: one thing i think is funny is she started with her arm and then like the main woman's like oh you should start with your legs you should swing out of the way of the radioactive of the way. machine which that's also a funny comedic bit because she does swing out of the way and then like the, the then machine just moves which i was like that was, yeah. that was funny um yeah, that but was the funny. thing is like if she would have started with her hand because her leg would have still been tied she up, been... she would have just like slopped down on the concrete, like felling Probably would have just died. I was like, is that like a a plot hole in this trap? cuz like, how would she even like if she broke her hand no, off? First...
2: She wasn't that high, was she? Like, yeah, because she
1: does she? fall again at the... She does fall after she breaks her hand at that. you would be fucked but...
2: though because she would literally if she uh, gone that way and gone straight down. Imagine if the radiation machine went down as well. Yeah. Right on her face. And then she's having to like do sit ups to to t- t- Yeah, true, that, that true. Yeah. So, so that, that was
1: smart. That was a smart move. But um that yeah. that trap was a lot less intense to watch than the other two. Like it didn't it wasn't as gruesome or anything, but
2: Yeah, um, it was just like it was just it was just basically her melting. But she, she does survive time.
1: the trap. She gets out of it. I mean she survives temporarily, but with that much radiation, who knows how how long her life is going to be? So she's doing um, now? Yeah, she yeah. might have she might have cancers in every part of her body at this point. Um, <laughs> and this is where the final woman is left the the main CEO of the company who's kind of pulling off the scam. Um, and he kind of leaves the final trap for her, uh, but they kind of pull a little pull the rug out from under. the guy. We've
2: got to yeah, mention the guy right. coming in. So, so the like guy.
1: The, uh, yeah, you go ahead. Go it, ahead
2: so john kramer saw him at the hospital when he was about to get his treatment um mm-hmm. and Broke he said he had just or
1: something
2: yeah i can't remember what was now like a kidney was it thought, a kidney? i thought it was something
1: thyroid like. so i think it's like thyroid a, a,
2: a, yeah yeah that's it and he said it he just had thyroid. Yeah, for thyroid cancer or whatever um and then he basically turns up at the uh what what's the word like what, what would you call it like like warehouse or, yeah warehouse yeah warehouse. yeah he basically turns up Goes and He basically is coming to, well, what we think is to get his money back because he, he also, what we think, realized that it was a scam, comes to get his 250 grand back, whatever. And then basically he goes inside. He gets captured by um, John Cramer mm-hmm. and Abby. And then, yeah, and then basically the whole time he's like disputing whatever. Uh, and then we kind of find out that this whole time he's basically been, he's also in on it. Um, and he's like the boyfriend, I guess, the partner of the main woman. Um, and then what happens then? So it's the they set up the trap for her, don't they?
1: Yeah, the so, um, kind of the basically what, what at this point uh she's like is he like her husband or something or just partners I, like, no i don't
2: think so i think it was like a, a partner but she was clearly like using him it was right. like a case it was very one-sided kind of mm-hmm. thing yeah it was like and an
1: intimate relationship him. in terms of like intimate because she like kind of plays on that to make him more like loyal to her or whatever but exactly yeah, uh, yeah. so at this point he kind of is like you know what? i'm done with this pulls a gun on them he's like we're shutting this down john kramer like and kind of reveals like he was in on it um him and he, he's like go release my wife or i'm going to kill you too uh so or not wife whatever that keeps thinking of that partner yeah, yeah, yeah. partner um it so then I can't remember. so then basically the final trap was there's these two shackles on each side of this uh pendulum table that kind of moves with the lever and this uh, was
2: ridiculous. <laughs> yeah Sorry. and
1: what this was like gonna be basically what the trap shoot the the main CEO woman was gonna go to, but now the, the rug's been pulled and they kind of forced John Kramer and you'd think it would be Amanda to go in that because there's two shackles. Um, it's kind of hard to talk about this without like revealing like the endings. So just quickly, like John and Amanda knew this was going to happen. They planned this whole thing. They like knew that they were going to like. They kind of wanted them to think that they were going to get out of this and trap John and Amanda. The
2: classic Saw twist kind of right. double twist, kind of right?
1: Thing. Which I felt dumb after that I didn't see coming, but I didn't see it coming, and I feel like I actually didn't, it. to be fair. Okay, I, 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 didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I was worried I was going to be like an idiot, like, I didn't see no, it coming. No, but I, I thought I thought
2: it was quite good. Actually, we should have done because we know what Saw is like, but I, I right. just didn't really think about
1: it. Um, so there's two people on that platform and you think it'd be john and amanda because they planned this out it's so like oh it'd be us two we know how to operate these levers to kind of game the system to get enough air to kind of do like go through this trap to survive but they just shackle amanda to a pole at this point the kids outside playing soccer once again uh, up against the wall you kind of realize he's just kind of like a boy that lives in the area the groundskeeper's son i think is and he's not in on it he's just someone who lives near the area um, but he's playing in soccer outside and the woman kind of realizes and John Kramer's big thing is he doesn't kill innocent people or he doesn't kill anyone. According to him, he only goes people that need to be tested. They, they are wrong ethically in some way. Whereas this kid, he's, he's like a seven year old, maybe, maybe younger. just a young yeah. kid who's just playing soccer, completely innocent. Um, super nice little boy. She kind of kidnaps him and shackles him to the other side. So then it's John Kramer and this boy that enter this trap, which uh, is just, it's basically they get waterboarded, but with, Blood and it's, it's, it's crazy, a lot yes. of blood. crazy amount of blood. And
2: like a crazy amount. They're just completely like being suffocated by like mm-hmm. bloods of blood. It was, it was, it was
1: and, fucking a, insane and I think what the know. intent was because obviously we know that they they planned on doing this trap to kind of make them think. Because the big thing is that he hates the CEO woman for is giving false hope to people that are gonna die, but she gives yeah. them hope and thinks they aren't gonna die, which is the big point here to be like, Oh, you trapped Amanda and John Kramer. Um, but the shackles that they were in, they they were able to release them. They weren't actual shackles. But I think what the intent was, was him and Amanda, the intent was them to go into do it. They would know how long about to kind of do each side. They probably planned like, you know, 30 seconds, switch off so we can get our breaths and and survive this thing. Um, but obviously with the little kid, uh, John Kramer's like, fuck this, dude. Like, I'm not getting the kid pulls it on his end and he tries to tell him not to. But then kind of the final minute of the trap is just on John Kramer because he's like, I'm not gonna you know, let this kid suffer. Like he's not signed up for this. Um, also, during this is a really sad moment because Amanda grew very fond of Gabriella, who survived her trap. And John Kramer's big thing is if you survive the trap, we're gonna get you medical treatment. We're gonna get you right. You did everything right. Uh, you shouldn't suffer anymore. Um, but the main CEO woman steps on her neck and kills her. Um, so oh yeah, shit, of, I completely forgot. Yeah, of, she stands
2: on her neck. Yeah, it was yeah, crazy.
1: which which sucked because obviously Gabriella and John Kramer really liked her, and it's just kind of another sad thing. Um, but then ultimately you realize that final trap that John, the whole time they rigged the shackles, that was an actual trap. The guns that they had pointed at them were fake guns. They, they removed all the real bullets. And the big thing was that these people thought they trapped them and were going to get away. Once they grabbed the money bag of all the money that they initially stole from people that John stole back, basically once they grabbed the money bag and lifted it up, which obviously they were going to go for that enacted the final trap for them, which honestly, like I was a little confused on what it was. Was it like a gas going in there? Was it just like, a it's heat? like,
2: it's, it's I- I thought it was, like, just, like, a gas chamber, I guess, kind of thing, where they were just like mm-hmm. filling the... Because they had, like, a little hole where they could get air, didn't they? And then they were mm-hmm. kind of, like, baffled out for the hole. But it was a bit of a weird one. I thought it was kind of anticlimactic, I'll be honest. As the like, final chap goes. Agreed. It was basically like a gas chamber, where they were just, like, suffocating, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it wasn't... I don't know. I expected something crazy. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I yeah,
1: especially with the way it was building up before that with the other traps. So, Final Trap is a little anticlimactic, but I'd say it benefited, though, from I think it was one of the more clever. I feel like a lot of the Saw movies, you're like immediately like, that's going to be the guy who's the twist. Like if Because they cranked him out every single year. So, they were just clearly just throwing shit in the movies and just trying to get, you know, a big payday because these movies are successful. Whereas this one yeah. was genuinely felt like that care in it and the traps were interesting and i thought the woman who played the ceo was great like she was very good at playing the hateable woman and i, I thought she did quite good so, you didn't like her
2: no i didn't like him I, oh like I her. Just, her, her i didn't think he was very I I th- so well i thought she was cool like i don't know the ending for me was kind of it felt like a she was really ending. good more than a song, it, it, it did, yeah, it, it kind of did, yeah, it did actually because it was kind of silly. But I mean, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Maybe it's not for me. Specifically, him though, I didn't think was great. I, it was like um,
1: I feel that. I about the I, woman? I, I, I didn't she think good. He,
2: she was. Yeah, she was alright. She was. She was good. She especially for the most of the film. I didn't love the ending, but she was really. She, she fit the role. But I don't know. I just didn't think he was the right actor. that like, character. Like his voice. I just don't think worked. I I don't know. I I didn't really. I. I just didn't really like him. I liked his character. I just didn't really like mm-hmm. him playing the character. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I feel that he was the only kind of letdown for me.
1: And at this point, the, the movie kind of ends with that the, she they die in the gas chamber. Uh, John Kramer and Amanda escape all right. Um, we kind of mentioned that there's a couple people that survive. Well, there's one person that survived. The driver he survived his trap with the bombs in his arms that. I maybe have an inkling that could be someone with a face we see again, but it's hard to tell because it's between Saw 1 and 2. So, like, what is the timeline of Saw 11 going to be? Because, like, they're making a Saw 11.
2: You know, I, I didn't even see the post credits scene.
1: Do you want me to tell you it? Because it's it's one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. Because you're probably. Not I, I see forgot.
2: It. I forgot there was one, even though they tweeted I, it. Yeah. I, I just did. left. And then I got told about it. I was like, shit. I forgot about Dude. That. One of my favorite
1: post-credit scenes I've genuinely ever seen. So there's that? one person left in the scam that they didn't get. The the guy who went to the cancer support groups to recruit people. Um, oh, guy, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. he was obviously in on the scam. He, he goes to these cancer support yeah, groups yeah, yeah. to recruit people. They didn't get him, though. And the post-credit scene is him. And he kind of shows, like, here's my scar of, like, all the way up and down his chest, which was a fake scar. So yeah. then the, the, the post-credit scene hits, and he's strung up, and he's got a contraption on him. And they're like, oh, where's your scar? Like you don't got this like little thing inside of you or your scar is gone. And then it's just like this crazy trap that like rips open his guts and like kills him and kind of where his scar would have been. But the person who did it was the guy from all the other Saw movies, like the detective. Oh, Uh, really? Yeah. And when he, it was like almost like a superhero and I was like, that was good. Cause like he was the one who carried that trap because he he mentions early in the movie uh, or, well, there's a quick little part in the movie where John Kramer calls a guy who seemingly you you kind of infer is that detective he's like hey i have a couple guys i need you to track down who need to play our little game yeah and then the fact that like while this was all going on in parallel he the detective got this guy gave him a brutal trap that you see in the final postcard scene and it's kind of revealed that the detectives in on it too which obviously you see in all the other saw movies i was like that was really well done because it wasn't just a throwaway scene you'd see another trap he he gets involved i was like it was just like the icing on the cake for me where i was like that was a very enjoyable movie experience like, I tweeted, I can't some... find
2: the, the video. I said, I really, I really Yeah, I'm now.
1: sure. And sure, in like a, a week or two, then the clips will be available. To find. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, some people didn't get my joke that I put. I thought it was clever, but you know, sometimes you think you're more clever than yourself. I said, I almost left the theater halfway through the movie. That's how good it is. Because obviously, with the movie, like, Saw, if you if get that, <laughs> a couple people, and I was like, I, I thought it was really? clever, but whatever. Maybe I was off. No, mind. I get it. I get it. But uh, get it. yeah. Uh, that's all I have to say for it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed talking about this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. I think the Saw franchise could be back if they keep going down this... Tr- well, down I this agree. Side. I think
2: this is this is a huge... Like, even though I only rated three stars. I'll be honest, it could go up and rewatching a 3 or 5 but even though I only rated that, I think this is a, such a huge improvement to the recent... The They've tried to expand on everything, but this was really going down to the basics, and if they carry on the story they've currently got, this 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 could be back. I, I would maybe even say that, to be honest. So, yeah,
1: I get mm-hmm. it. So, a three-star for... Uh, three-star for Seth, a four-star for myself. Oh, hey, George. Um, hey, guys. If you're a fan of Saw, go see this movie. I can't recommend it enough if you're a Saw fan. Um, and I think this could be something that brings in new fans of the franchise as well because – I, d- well, I'm not going to say I don't think so. You absolutely don't have to see all nine movies for
2: this. Just watch really, the first one.
1: Yeah. The first one's the only one you need. Maybe the first three to get some better context ideas, but definitely the first three is all yeah. you need. The
2: first something. one is – Great! If you watched that, imagine if you had only watched that one and, and the first one. You know that'd be a pretty good double bill. Wouldn't it, really? Yeah, so definitely. Um,
1: but with that, we'll end our discussion of Saw, and now George will take back over and get us into the the horror sci-fi ish portions.
0: I put my headphones on for a hot sec to <laughs> no. see where you guys were and all I heard was intestines used as a jump rope and I was like I'm gonna take my headphones <laughs> oh, off <shit>. now <laughs> 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 I don't want to listen to that right now <laughs> um, but yeah so that those were our new release movie reviews and as we said we're gonna be doing a little bit more of a horror segment over the next couple of weeks um, and by little horror segment I mean like I said in the beginning of the episode every week um, Seth and I are gonna pick one movie Um, This week was a science fiction horror movie, so I selected The Thing, um, which I believe... Was this your first watch, Tyler? It was my first watch, yeah. It was not not Seth's first watch. It was probably (laughs) Seth's 400th watch. Um, But I picked The Thing. Um, I figured that'd be a a fantastic horror movie to start with. Obviously, Seth and I hold it um, to a very high esteem. It's my number two horror movie of all time, right behind... um, the shining. Um, and I just rewatched it yesterday and I I feel like the more and more I watch it, the more and more value I find in it. Um, so we'll start with Tyler, uh, first watch of the three of us. So I I definitely want to get your thoughts first.
1: Yeah, first thing I'll mention is in my letterbox comments, someone said this movie stole the concept of Among Us, and then someone responded, Among Us, the video game? That came out in 2018. I, <laughs> I was like, you, you can't be falling for bait comments like that. Like, yes. That's <laughs> but, really but yes, I can see the comparisons, because this absolutely is basically a game of Among Us where there's a, a parasitic thing happening and, and a monster out there that are taking down these creatures and no one knows why um, and killing people off and you kind of are all wondering like who's in on it. One of us has got to be the kind of thing behind this here. Uh, So I can see what the among us comparisons, but I just thought it was a funny, funny comment. Um, Yeah. The thing, cool movie, man. Like the, the practical effects are just, I I don't even know if I have words to describe bonkers, bananas, delectable, gross, gross, incredible um, on, on inspiring crazy, crazy practical effects that are just so fun to watch. There's so many sequences um, like I think I said, there's probably like a dozen or so sequences that I think are just some of the coolest shots I've ever seen. So from a direction aspect and from practical effects aspect, like obviously similar to like a similar time frame to when, you know, the evil dead came out. Um, just the practical effects in that movie and these movies are just incredible. Um, as for the, the movie itself, I liked it. I gave it a 7.7 out of 10 for four stars. Um, didn't blow me away, but it's absolutely one. I can see why people would love it because it is very similar to me too, like an evil dead type movie where I feel like, and I guess it's probably just eighties horror in general, which I'm very not, uh, up to speed on. I haven't seen a ton, but it kind of feels similar ish vibes where the big comparison for me is this movie felt a lot like alien. Um, and I, I, I obviously like alien a little better, but very similar vibes to me for alien. Uh, enjoyed it. Didn't love it. I think this is de- going to definitely be one I've rewatched because it is a fun movie and it wasn't that long. If I can't remember, it's like maybe an hour forty. An hour I fifty? I think. Yeah, it, it, it was Stimus. pretty quick. So it's, it's not like a long movie by any means, but um, yeah, it's definitely sci-fi horror to a T. I wasn't necessarily really scared much in this movie, but I think that's more just it's it's harder watching older horrors that kind of still today kind of hold up based on what modern filmmaking is uh, to actually like kind of scare you the same way like you know a more modern like Insidious would, where they can just like destroy you uh but yeah very cool movie that's kind of the big thing i have to take away from this just very cool uh but i just didn't love it as much as hoping based on other people's reactions i know a lot of people like basically everyone i follow is a five star in this and is one of their favorites of all time and for a lot of people who are horror fans i can definitely see why so this isn't one of those where i watch i'm like i don't get it like i absolutely get it for this one but uh first watch wasn't something that i fell in love with but it's still a four star because there's a lot i absolutely appreciated um but yeah I'm, I'm excited to hear you two talk about it because both of you are five stars on this but i think five stars honestly underselling like, because both of you like really really love <laughs> the movie a lot and have rewatched it plenty so i really want to hear your discussions on it and uh kind of take it away and, and kind of give me some insights as to your love for it
0: yeah i i love that comparison to alien um obviously not in like you know, the, the science fiction, I, I think Alien dives into the science fiction elements of a horror movie a little bit more than The Thing does, but it's in terms of like its subtle filmmaking, like the entire movie, it, both Alien and The Thing for me, I think the, the most effective part of it is just how they can take such a simple premise, how they can take relatively very minimal dialogue they're not holding your hand throughout these films they're not just like showing you shit they're not giving you anything they're really relying on you to be paying attention to this film you to analyze kind of everyone's mannerisms everyone's um you you know it's everything everyone says just holds weight when you're trying to to kind of guess where this movie is going, because you really don't know who is, you know, the thing, who who is currently um, not one of us. Um, and I think that's what makes this movie really special is that no matter how many times I can watch it, I'm just so constantly enthralled by the writing of this film, just how on your toes this film will keep you. Um, I think The Thing was a good selection for this week, because like you said, Tyler, it's really not a scary movie um the practical effects fucking rip and i absolutely love them i mean one of the first things we see in this movie is this dog's face like opening up and it's just like disgusting um but such it's such a like- sad scene so Doggies sad yeah always get me. <laughs> i was gonna ask you about that because i know you dislike like unnecessary dog death i think cam- i think that's more
1: cam like i mean i'm against him I, okay. I, <laughs> like, I don't like Cam, but i think cam's the big like disavow on that but yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it, that one was the one in the thing is just so drawn out because they're like barking and chirping it lasts for a long like time. 10 like, minutes you're yeah like, i just kill him already i know it's coming but th- <laughs> it goes, that dog transforming was just so crazy yeah it
0: goes on for a while um but yeah it, it, I, i'll never tell anyone like yeah this is one of the scariest films of all time i don't think that's what makes this movie great it's not the scares that make this movie great it's just how uncomfortable this movie can maybe make you feel while you're trying a lot to of suspense. like yeah a lot of suspense you are You feel like you're there with this group of characters, like you're trying to like play into their conversations. You're trying to figure out who's who, who's not who. And I think that's the absolute strong suit of this movie. Like I said, it just keeps you on your toes constantly. I've seen this movie probably three or four times over the last year. And again, I said this earlier when I talked about the creator, a big reason I rate a big way, a big factor that goes into how I rate movies is Will I see myself re-watching it and what kind of impact will this film have on me on rewatch? And the thing is one of those movies that I can rewatch countless times and I'll just have the exact same experience every time. This this just entirely suspenseful, tense, haunting film. I mean, right from the first scene. Sorry, I'm rambling, Seth, you could cut me off whenever, but right from that first scene when the helicopter lands and they're shooting at this dog. And, again, you're in the position of, like, um, Kurt Russell's character where you're like, what the fuck is going on? Why did they? Why are they shooting at this dog? What is happening right now? Um, and, and it just sucks you in immediately from that first scene in, like, this very suspenseful way where you're like, holy shit, like, where are we going? Where is this screenplay going? Who's going to be the next character to get clipped? Um, and, again, just like you mentioned, Tyler, the practical effects, I, I, I love them. Um, I think seeing criticisms on like where a lot of people say like, okay, like practical effects don't necessarily hold up as well as I would have liked. It's like this movie was made in the eighties. Like this movie was made in the eighties. It's like the, the, if a practical effect holds up or not, should not be like a, a necessary, like deciding factor on whether or not you, you come out of this movie enjoying it or not. I still think the practical effects hold up. I think they rip, um, Seth, I'll I'll let you talk a little bit. I feel like I just rambled for a, a bunch.
2: There you go. uh Yeah. So I'm similar to George. I've watched this um, fucking a lot of times. I think this is like the perfect. There's like I said this in my review, like quick review the other day. It's the perfect like cold night film. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's 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 freaky. It's claustrophobic, but it's also like warm and cozy. And I just get a lot of just good vibes. in this film, I really really enjoy everything about it. And I also think it's just. This for me is the perfect mix of every element that horror should have, you know, in terms of uh, the practical effects, the the visuals, the kind of claustrophobic feeling, the atmosphere. And I think this is like a landmark in cinematic paranoia because the whole theme of this film is paranoia and knowing who's who and kind of the mystery involved behind it. And I think there are so many, like George said, there are so many moments of conversation where I... I you're really listening in and understanding, you know, maybe this character, maybe this character. And it's kind of your, the whole film um, unravels in the distrust be- between characters and them kind of figuring out for themselves. I also think that Kurt Russell is just, it's just amazing in this role. Like he is just incredible. Um, can I, can I, think I cut he's, you off real quick? Yeah, that yeah, that yeah. comment,
0: landmark and cinematic paranoia, that might be my favorite way to describe a movie. I think. Well, there was just, another
2: film I described. you just, just no, that, no, there was a, Did you
0: just like make that up on the no, screen? No, no,
2: no. <laughs> no no because i i did a review there was another film i described this at on the podcast do you know what it was Lance. and you i'm sure you said it then it was like one of the film where i described this up
0: paranoia film that we watched on the podcast not dead zone was... definitely definitely not dead zone no it was um, oh blowout was blow- blowout yeah it had
2: to be Land blowout man, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it's it yeah and i think the. That's the whole the whole theme of the film is the thing and and, and distrust and paranoid about about who's who. Um but yeah, I, I love this film and I think it's just such a not to mention, you know, everything's perfect, but the setting. It works so, so, so well. And I, I I do love the practical effects. And they're so sh- silly and stupid and <laughs> in your face and, and crazy that it works in every way that are similar to like an Evil Dead for me that works in that way, but even better. And I, I think what I love most is just the ambiguity of it, especially the ending. But like there's so many different things you yeah. can pull from the ending. Um, not even just interpretation, just in terms of how good it is. You know, the final scene is so striking, so powerful when they're sat together. And it's just understanding and realizing what position each character is in um but yeah the thing for me i think is like the third my third rated horror so behind obviously uh the shining and alien i I, i'm pretty sure i've had the same top three horrors since i was like 14. i'm not joking it's (laughs) literally been the same and these films i've just watched over and over again i I can i will i usually watch each of them a few times a year um same as george but yeah uh the thing's amazing it's it's uh I this is the perfect. This is the one of the horror films that literally excels in every single element you you could possibly expect for a horror film to excel in. Um, so yeah, five for me, obviously. They, they, there's really no
0: like false note in this movie. One thing I want to ask you, Seth and Tyler, you as well, I guess, depending on how many John Carpenter films you've seen. Where would oh, Seth just left. There's questions <laughs> for him. Where would you I'm, here, I'm here i'm here oh, i'm okay. here sorry <laughs> no i was gonna ask where would you i don't know about rank but like how highly would you hold the actor director duo of john carpenter and kurt russell like in history
2: uh it's an interesting question because there's definitely films i don't kn- give me the list give me like a few of them so there's well, it's escape, the thing, from- it's As- escape
0: from new york and escape yeah. from la big I trouble in be, little china big trouble in little china i got to be missing mm. a few uh, hold on
1: those are the big ones
0: yeah i think those are the biggest ones yeah escape from la escape from new york the thing big <laughs> trouble in little china um
2: maybe all of them
0: it? yeah that is it so just those four
2: so i i've but not like seen when
0: you look at those four like for me the thing obviously one of the greatest horror films ever escape from new york i love i think that's one of the better um post-apocalyptic films we've ever seen big trouble in little china it's it's a lot of quirky fun um i think that's i think big trouble in little china is john carpenter's like least accessible film because it feels like this is where he's straying away from like his norm the most still a good movie i've actually not seen that i've only seen i like it and then i've seen escape from new york i I think escape from new
2: york's great yeah i think escape from new york's great yeah but like oh yeah because escape from la is like polarizing is it not i haven't seen yeah yeah
0: it's not it's a three out of five for me i only watched it the once last year actually when i was going through like my horror watches um or spooky season watches if you would um but yeah i don't know i feel like the 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 pairing of John Carpenter and Kurt Russell has just become so like iconic in, in like the horror. Especially in horror. Yeah. I feel like Kurt Russell just like perfectly fits these worlds that John Carpenter has built. Like he's got like that rugged, like dirty look to him a little bit, that like, overly manly look that like was very popular in the eighties, with like Schwarzenegger and uh Sylvester Stallone
2: um i, I think he's was that like just right. sorry was that just me tyler
1: no he roboted a little bit but i think we i, I picked up what he was saying at least but he's oh,
2: back now. my bad is I it my mic
1: no 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 There's just connection, <laughs> you, you a connection
2: but you went a bit
0: Dalek, a bit of robot then Carry my on. fault um but yeah i don't know i i, I just love love the duo i, lo- I love the, what they've been doing together um is there anything else Seth? you want to touch on on the thing or tyler i know again you wanted to hear seth and i talk but i still want to hear a lot of your thoughts
1: yeah. I just want to say like, I think this is, I mean, you could say it's about every movie, but I genuinely think about the thing is a movie that would benefit from rewatch because a lot of the stuff I think that makes it so great that you two love, especially is the dialogue and picking up on people trying to understand where they are in the situation and trying I don't know. It's, it, I mean, truly is like among us trying to figure out kind of who, what are all these people's motives? What are their backgrounds? What are they there for? Um, but I think when you're watching this for the first time, like me, you're so overwhelmed in a positive way by like the crazy practical effects the the incoming dread you have no clue what's going to happen um, there's this parasitic monster that's just murking people and you're like what the hell's going on that i think when that's all going on for your first time you're trying to digest this all at once you're not able to kind of dedicate enough of your brain resources to really pay attention to the dialogue and focus in on exactly what each person's saying when you're kind of so focused on the overarching plot and like the impending doom and what's going on so i think when you know what's going to happen in the movie and you go on rewatch that's when I think the dialogue and the conversations between all these characters really starts to shine a little bit more so that's why I think this would benefit a lot from a rewatch I'm excited to see what I think about it when I, I can see it like that
2: I want you to watch um so I know I'm a bit higher on this than George I think George realizes as well I want you to watch it in the mouth of Madness Tyler mm-hmm. which is uh another one of his works it's fucking weird it's like a mystery-esque i really want to watch that one i actually might suggest that one of one of because i think it'd be good for you to... i think i can imagine you uh, enjoying that but um Pick yeah i think it does the improve psychological horror week no 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 because I've, I've got some shit for that that's my... like, <laughs> yeah right no because in the mouth of madness is like it's kind of i will say there are a few moments that are weird but it's I want something that's going to scare Tyler. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't want to go like easy on him for this month. I want something that's going to you know, get him. So Tyler, stick that down for like your easy horror. Do you know what I mean? It's like... I'll put that down for this not...
1: week for my book report. If Seth is giving me in the mouth of madness, I'll still wait. Yeah, yeah, do it that.
2: Is. It's uh, But yeah, I know what you mean with the thing. I think it does, because of the ambiguity of it, especially the ending and especially, you know, throughout and then you will notice you you kind of keep watching. You, you see different things. You hear different things. It all relies on the conversations and the dialogue they have. I will also point out as well that the thing has possibly maybe my like one of my favorite shots in horror history, which is like the dog and him, when it's like the reflection. I fucking love that. And there's so many iconic sequences in this. Uh, but yeah, I think you'll probably enjoy it more after multiple watches because it is one of those films. Uh, but yeah, so watch, watch In the Mouth of Madness this week. I'm, I'm really intrigued by that because I, I love that's my uh, number two carpenter just above um, Halloween, the first one. Yeah. Really? You have it that high? I did not know that. I, yeah, knew yeah, you, I knew you absolutely
0: loved it. I didn't
2: a five out of five? No, four point five.
0: Oh my god. I was like, damn, wow, I did not know that. It it's uh, interesting absolutely.
1: with Kurt Kurt Russell, like so obviously he'd worked with Tarantino before the Hateful Eight, so it's they probably just worked on the Hateful Eight because of, you know, their previous working relationships, but a snowy landscape and hateful is very much like who's <laughs> who's telling the truth, who's one not one
2: location. Yeah, very
1: I don't know. I feel like that casting might have had a little more about you know, kinda of like, Oh, the thing got a little call back <laughs> very similar premises, honestly. We're just yeah. people are people are getting killed and no one knows who everyone's true identity is. And you're in a snowy one, one location spot trying to figure out what the hell's going on. So Kurt Russell kind of, kind of call back there.
0: Wow, I never yeah. like. I never at all like. I probably just made that up, but I mean. I mean, just, no, no. Well, yeah, I mean, just, there are similarities. Yeah, the the, the parallels are there. All. I absolutely just like never even thought of that. For so like, Kurt Russell is like not a name that comes to mind when you say like Quentin Tarantino, even though they've obviously uh, collaborated word, twice, and... twice. I will say twice. Twice, twice. I think.
2: Yeah. I think so. no, he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep, he was. He yes, the director. Yes, yes yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, I will say I think Kurt Russell is like. He's. He's never really a name that gets brought up but he he's had some fantastic he's good he's a good actor really really but he never gets like brought up into the conversation of like the great Mm -hmm. hollywood actors and i think especially with his performance in the thing specifically um probably one of my favorite performances of all time he probably should be and he he just fits it so well so yeah shout out kurt russell if you're listening (laughs) yeah Yeah. if kurt russell's listening listening? guardians of the galaxy volume two sucks uh
0: (laughs) all right we could wrap up our uh the thing review um here uh next week we're going to be doing our modern horror so i'm excited to see what seth has in store it's going to be his pick um but for the remaining uh time we have in this episode um, again, this is kind of our science fiction horror episode, science fiction because of the creator horror, just because it's the first week of October plus the Saw review. Um, so we're going to be doing two things, two two fun little uh, rankings or one ranking, one draft. We're going to start ranking our top five science fiction films of all time. Um, nothing I think we're going to harp on too long. I, I feel like we've all expressed our love for all of these films countless times so um i'm gonna say right now i will be excluding star wars from my list i don't know if it would even be on your list to begin with but i am going to exclude it um, can i ask i can't include like alien kind of yeah why not science fiction
2: yeah but i no i'm not gonna i'm gonna do like actual like true sci-fi. science fiction okay, just, okay. Oh, like like you know with like star wars star Wars like yeah, fantasy or yeah, yeah. whatever so i'll just do actual sci-fi it's
1: funny because okay. i'm doing actual sci-fi too but alien is an actual sci-fi film on my rankings yeah. like i, would I have horror as a secondary more genre.
2: sci-fi than horror yeah but what, well what i would say is like it's got hot it's like yeah for me Plus it's like 50 we know 50, you love so it so much to, so it'll be yeah. interesting to hear different <laughs> yeah, films, yeah it's, it's so. boring like doing that
0: that's fine um we'll just go around in a in a Quaint circle, Seth. We'll start with you. What is your number five science fiction film? OAT. Oh
2: shit! So this is tough because I'm not a big sci-fi guy. Like, I honestly don't have that many rated that highly. Like, that's George, br- I have, I have, I have two sci-fi films at five stars. One of them is so odd, despicable. Solely sci-fi, not including Alien in the thing. That's uh, still, that's still a tough look. <laughs> <laughs> so five. Oh, man. Yeah, so five, I'll go I'll go back to the future for five. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the future, yeah The first part of the future. Uh, I used to watch it all I haven't actually watched seen, but yeah, I used to put the future on DVD all the time. I was go back to the future is a fantastic film, stands the test of time in every single possible way. Uh and it's just a, it's just a beautiful film for all ages. I really like the first part of the future. So I'll go with so that. I'm, saying,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna you back right off that because my number five is Back to the Future as well. Hell yeah. Uh, one of my personal favorites. Um, one of my absolute, um, childhood staples, I guess, one of like the movies I just remember watching so early in my life and just falling in love with it. It's been uh, like very close to the top of my favorites list. Not even like just strictly sci-fi, just in general for forever. Fucking love it. Um, just like I talked about the thing I could rewatch back to the future a million times and just find new value in it and just adore it more and more every time. Um, tyler you're number five just say back to the future <laughs> I, haven't,
2: I
1: haven't logged it so i Fuck. on that um i'm gonna quickly do some honorable mentions purely because these are like secondary sci-fi so i'm not gonna include them at in ranking but they would be if i
2: was including yeah, I'll say them. I have to, yeah yeah,
1: yeah you, you guys can go for it too um rogue one you mentioned we're not gonna count star wars but rogue one would have been up there for me um those mad max is like a secondary genre sci-fi but yeah. i consider more action
2: i would have counted uh, that to be fair i think
1: no like I, I, that's not the saying these are all sci-fi films but yeah i'm I personally so. not counting yeah, yeah. i'm not gonna inc- include them in this rankings just like this one especially i think it's truly a sci-fi but i still consider it an action terminator 2 judgment day yeah. absolutely considered sci-fi but uh just not gonna include that in this ranking same with jurassic park and then what would have been yeah. my number one ranked of all these, but it's a secondary genre as her. That would be my number one sci-fi, but mm. uh, I, I, it's a romance slash drama more so. So it's oh. not going to be my rankings, but getting to my actual rankings, number five, four, three, two, one. Um, yeah. So number five for me would be 2001 A Space Odyssey, which I, I need to rewatch. I almost rewatched on the plane the other day, but I was like, this isn't really a plane movie. So, no, absolutely but, uh,
3: not.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm due for a rewatch on that one because I'll be really interested to see I knew immediately when I watched it for the first time I was personally conflicted on it a bit I was like I loved so much of that some of it didn't quite work for me but I still feel like it was like a perfect movie but just didn't completely click for me it was just like a weird mental space I was in after watching it so I want to rewatch it after I don't know it's probably been almost two years now since so I watched it for the first time and kind of see how my thoughts have changed but yeah number five for me would be 2001 A Space Odyssey
2: I will say George just before you do it so you can say yours as well but there's there's a few here that I wouldn't have counted as well. Uh so Children of Men. I don't know if it's like post apocalyptic action yeah, thriller. More, like yeah. it's a
0: weird one. I'm sure like um on like the letterbox genres, it's all the way at the bottom. It's got like, but, like five. It's got but, like yeah, five like, genres: like, action thriller, probably all ahead of it. Sci
2: fi. Um and then twenty eight days later, but that's like horror, I guess, horror, horror sci-fi. Yeah uh i would also say empire strikes back again with cyber yeah. Fancy. space and opera. then i would say threads as well kind of like Haven't it's seen. a really weird one. Well, post-apocalyptic is like drama war i think yeah. war is like the primary one on there and then also clockwork orange was like dystopian okay um and then obviously the obvious ones alien the thing and and, yeah. and bride of Frankenstein as well which is like they're all horrors so i'm just making sure everyone knows that that's why i'm not Picking those ones, <laughs>
0: anyway.
2: So, what's your number four? No, it's your go. No, it's your go. Oh, no, it's not you. No, it's I thought it was your go. Okay, my number four is Planets of the Apes. My number four is Planet of the Apes. Which one? The original. The original. Don't... Really? Yeah, yeah, I love Planet of the Apes. The, the first I one, did. not the
0: yeah no i know i did not know you held that that highly
2: so planet is the first is actually like my dad's all-time favorite film the, the original i used to watch them all the time as a kid and i think it was a truly just a remarkable accomplishment every time i watch it now it just gives me good feelings i also think wow. it has one of the best plots with Sever as well and i think it's just such a big epic on a huge scale i do like the the newer planet dave's films as well uh the trilogy some of the sequels in the original film were fucking not good like <laughs> tim have you seen tim burton's Planet of the age no. like Mark i need to rewatch.
0: i don't have any of the originals logged on Letterbox. i need to re-watch the, all yeah, of them. yeah some
2: of the sequels aren't great there's like one and i think that as a soul f- trilogy the new ones are a lot more consistent but i do think that the original one is a, one of the biggest science fiction accomplishments ever so i'll go for that as my number four
0: awesome well my number four you are obviously going to see some christopher nolan on my list i got inception um and i'll give Interstellar- are we saying
2: that sci-fi
0: are you kidding me?
2: I guess so. I just like sci-fi action. What do
0: you mean I have it as a sci-fi
1: main genre on the spreadsheet. And the spreadsheet is the Bible. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I guess, also, yeah, no, I guess it is. I guess it is. I'll also give an honorable mention shout out to Interstellar, not in my top five, not even in my 10, I guess, depending on what movies we consider pure wow. science fiction. I thought that would well, be like I mean, number one. I no, no, like, Inception, yeah. like if I were to include The Thing, an alien, and aliens, and Mad Max Fury Road, Inception, uh, Interstellar wouldn't be in a top 10. But like, if I don't include those movies, then yes, it would be in a top 10. Uh, but I got Inception number four, um, still my number one movie of last decade. Fucking love, love, love that thing. It is just conceptually bold. It's, it's Christopher Nolan at one of his most audacious. I feel like you could say that about every single one of his films. He just gets more and more all, um, audacious with what he's uh, putting on screen. Um, so Inception, my number four.
1: Yeah, so my number two would have been Alien, but we've talked so much about it already and talked about It's kind of more a horror. that I'll, I'll remove that and say, you know, that's another honorable mention. Alien would be my ranking, but oh, okay. I, I won't include it because we'll, we've kind of already labeled as a horror. So with that being said, that would shift my ranking. So I already said, uh, what did I say, 2001 Space Odyssey was five, so that'd actually be number four because I'm removing Alien from my ranking. So instead, what my number five would actually be would be Arrival. So obviously, yeah. like, George George yeah. loves that movie, um, Arrival. Uh, it's I remember watching it for the first time in college and absolutely loved it. And it was one of those, I was living with three other guys at the time, one of them who enjoyed movies a decent amount, and I, I had him watch it with me. Like, I basically ran it right back. I was like, back to the beginning, let's rewatch it. I'm going to show you it. He didn't really get it or like it nearly as much as me. And it was one of those where I was like, God, why did I even show you this movie, anyways? Like, just where you get kind of annoyed when you're like so excited to show someone a movie and they're like, Yeah, I don't know. They're kind of stupid. I'm like, You're kind of stupid. Yeah, go fuck um, yourself, bro. But no, uh, Arri- Arrival's great. love Arrival.
0: Yeah. A- Amy Adams, so good in it. It's the fuck I'm talking yeah. about. The movie's so good. Surprisingly, yes. though, not in my top five.
1: Wow, well, a good thing I gave it at least a little yeah. shout out. I, I
0: like, thought please.
2: Interstellar and Arrival were like guaranteed your top Arrival three.
0: Arrival is my number six, actually. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite hold it. it. It's so oh, no, close. I, know, I
2: know what I, know what your top
0: three is. Doesn't matter. I know what your top three is. I feel like you I definitely can flags. can pull my top three. Maybe not one of it. top three is.
2: Okay. <laughs> no, no. I know what. Your top what three is. What's your number um, three, Seth? My number three is like the most me pick ever. It's uh, Metropolis for its Metropolis <laughs> from nineteen twenty seven uh so i watched this recently like seriously like i know people meeting me for being the black and white silent film guy but this is truly just fucking incredible like to make the world it was in and just have so much illustration of kind of the social injustice with like um with the gaps in society wealth corruption at the time and the cities they created in the fucking 20s It it really is like so i like i like silent films obviously but i always have a thing where like i i tend not to like them if they go on for a certain amount of time do you know what i mean like there is a point where this mm. is two and a half hours and i was like wow. locked in the whole time and i i truly think it's really incredible and it's not gonna be for everyone because it is you know very old silent and a long film but the world they managed to create at the time the social commentary within the film uh truly stunning so metropolis is my number three uh so the most me pick ever but, you know
0: i'll take it <laughs> uh my number three and i was questioning whether or not to include this but i'm going to it's uh andre tarkovsky's stalker uh, mid stop you're out of your <laughs> no i actually like i like i like stalker. <laughs> I what do like, you, you hold on what do you rate where's uh, no no
2: i like Stalk. It's the only one i've liked I love four four stars. I four film. stars my ass it's a good fit you should speak to my dad george because that's like his (laughs) like number two he fucking loves that shit i i i I loved
0: this this is i saw a prompt on twitter the other day it was like what is the most
2: thought provoking
0: yeah thought provoking i think was their wording or something along those lines films that you've ever seen and like stalker's the one that always comes to mind it's just no i get that i get it it's so beautiful it's so poetic every line of dialogue just carries so much weight to it um and the ending is just like just like this stunning just opens so much room for discussion and i and i love films that can do that uh um, so i got i will Kasky, say some stalker. of the shots in in stalker are like gorgeous seriously like, like
2: crazy
0: for 19 what 79 nuts um, I, I need to watch it again i
2: need to watch it again because it's so been good. like two years i think it's so. so good it's so good you want to watch together not really Okay, that's kinda weird. <laughs> I need some time. <laughs> Tyler,
0: your number three,
2: three race. Yeah.
0: Number three for me is
1: Interstellar. Oh. Yeah! A movie I loved when it first came out, rewatched it a ton first couple of years, and then hadn't watched it in a long time and started to let the the, you know the the community on twitter there's a lot of people in the film community especially that like to call interstellar overrated
0: it's obviously a
2: very Alex coleman alex mid coleman
1: it's not just him though there's a lot of people that are like no but like,
2: alex is like the the the, the voice the of it, even though he rates it highly yeah. alex yeah. midman um oh,
1: so i started good. to let i i started to let them get in my head i was like it's been a few years I'm like maybe it is overrated and then i rewatched it. i'm like i'm not gonna lie to myself i i, I rewatched it I loved the movie still i was like yeah I, I love interstellar so whatever if you think it's um, overrated I think you're
0: overrated I'm putting this <laughs> get fucked <laughs> I'm putting this on the pod right now uh Alex and I are playing each other in fantasy this week and we've uh we've made a little bet a little side deal if he wins I have to raise Transformers Dark of the Moon to a five out of five is that I, why
2: is that why Cam did it that's where he did like did he I it didn't know <laughs> yeah yeah I'm sure he did, and me, if yeah.
0: I win Alex has to raise interstellar to a five out of five <laughs>
1: Jesus fun Christ. little, fun little bet.
0: Maybe forever. I don't know. We haven't decided yet. <laughs> Seth, number two.
2: Uh, so, my number two is uh, George's favorite director. Uh, that's signs, obviously. You're so lost. Signs. Uh, so yeah, Maybe. I mean, I. I Oh amazing movie, God, just like the one of the best films on. We're free. out here. We're free out free here off
0: Back to the Future, Inception, Two Thousand One, Interstellar, <laughs> and you throw in Signs.
1: Hey, I haven't said Two
0: Thousand One yet. Leave me my alone. Bible um, spreadsheet
1: of signs, main genres listed as a mystery. So yeah, it's, it's, it's that shit ain't even. No, signs. Signs is sci-fi. It, it's obviously very much sci-fi, but it, the main genre for me is mystery. Well, yeah,
0: why have I gone so
2: red?
1: Because M Night um, is
0: tonally
2: all over the place. Never has a grasp on his movies. <laughs> Can we mute this fucking guy? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like so, signs. I was I, we spoke about like this to fucking death in the um the episode we did with the, the the boys on the um it looks like a movie podcast. But love signs. One, I have a keen interest in films about faith and and and, and grief and family. And I, yeah, it means a lot to me. I love signs. Signs is my number two can anyone two. guess what my number one is yeah you no know. way i have no idea that's yeah, no, crazy um, yeah, my number
0: knows? two i don't think my number two and one are, are a surprise at all uh, my number two is the
2: original blade runner the ridley scott blade runner oh my um, god i didn't even you know when i said of your top three i literally only know one of them that's <laughs> what were you I, thinking what were the other two i was thinking um probably arrival, arrival interstellar no 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 because after we yeah, I think it was *Rival and Dune* actually. You know, *Rival uh, Dune*. And I know what your number one is. Dune's I think great. it might have been *Rival in Dune*. *Dune* is close. Dune, *Dune* is *Dune* close. was really close. *Dune* yeah, was Dune really. was, close. It was like that. Been number six. I think. And me.
0: *Dune* Part Two is gonna be number one without a doubt. Um, yeah, *Blade Runner* is like my favorite um display of like science fiction world building. Um, the first one, yeah. The first one, the first one, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. not the Denis Villeneuve one, the the Ridley Scott one um i i think it builds this world that is so just enthralling and intoxicating it's so easy to get lost in this world and then on top of that this is like what separates like a blade runner from the creator the blade runner excels in everything technically that the creator excels in but it has a very tight script it has a really really solid screenplay to back it um it's uh it's in my top five of all time. Um, I, I I fucking adore that movie.
2: Tyler. But I didn't think we'll. Numero my number dose. two, we,
1: we just chatted about it a little bit, is Dune. That's my yeah. number two. So I got two Denis loves oh, in my top shit. five. Um obviously one of the one of the best, maybe the best modern sci fi blockbuster director out there today. I feel like that's not that crazy of a take to say. It's not crazy um, at all. But yeah, Dune, I mean, everything I wanted to be and more saw it in theaters loved it rewatched it because that was also not the same as interstellar but i saw it in theaters and then kind of a lot of my friends saw it after me and were kind of like oh that was really slow didn't love it then i rewatched it when it came out and i was like maybe i was just you know seeing an imax maybe that like really raised my opinion on it but then i rewatched it on just like a laptop screen when it came out on streaming i was like oh yeah this movie still fucking rips so Dune is amazing. I can't wait for Dune Part 2. Really can't wait for Dune Messiah. I kind of know a little bit, but I'm trying to stay as blind as possible to what's going to happen, but um yeah, Denis Villeneuve so happy he's taken on the series.
0: Dude, dude's got it. He's good.
1: He 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 understands how to make a sci-fi blockbuster for sure.
2: Uh, seth number one
0: what is it
2: I, th- this lighting has changed like mine. i was what about to say you got dark fast. like really quickly what the you fuck, got man? dark really quickly it's this not is some even light. close
1: to night out there right it's just cloudy
2: or something no it's daytime yeah. what the fuck is happening <laughs> to me right now bro what the fuck? Um, apologies I, if you can't see me right now yeah, uh, can, my number can. one et <laughs> easy uh my number one i do just want to shout out quickly Shout out to uh, Eternal Sunshine. Obviously, I didn't, obviously that's romance. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't say it in the, uh, the, the things. And also, another four point five out that didn't shout out is uh, Wall-E. So shout out Wall-E as well. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And Mad Max actually. Yeah, Mad Max. Uh, so my number one is 2001: A Space Odyssey. Uh, what a surprise! Seeing this in the cinema again a few weeks ago. Not well, a few weeks ago was just blew my head off. One of the best spectacles in the history of the medium of cinema. Truly incredible. Everything a film should be one of my favorite films of all time. Film I've seen over and over again. Film I watched when I was like 13. and I don't even think I liked it at the start, to be fair. but yeah, you know. um, Just one of the favorites of all time. This is the most expected number one for me f- at all, let's be honest. I think it truly is the perfect sci-fi film and one of the most important films of all time. So 2001 Space Odyssey is my number one.
0: Random? Well, I'll quickly piggyback off that. My number one, without a doubt, is 2001 Space Odyssey, just like Seth said um it's its influence is unrivaled um it's its story is just deeply profound um hal is like one of my favorite villains on screen just constantly haunting constantly unpredictable he just he makes your body fucking itch um (laughs) my, my question for you guys uh would it no it wouldn't be in my top 10 but would you consider everything everywhere all at once a science fiction film like it, yeah it is,
1: let it me is, address the bible
2: okay I'll get
0: you. <laughs> sure <laughs> i
2: think i think that's like i i would consider that's like that that is the primary genre letterboxd, Apparently it's has, not. Apparently it's yeah. third. letterboxd has action and adventure over it which kind of adventure me. Action makes sense, I guess. I, feel I think like sci fi makes sense. Yeah, it's not
1: even listed as a sci-fi anywhere on IMDb, so that means on my spreadsheet, it's not listed anywhere as a sci-fi, but I'm gonna add it right now because it
2: me, me and Tyler currently are the pole opposites of lighting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, Tyler's <laughs> absorbing the light. No one's going near me, Jesus Christ. I'm relying on it's that crazy. natural sunlight right now, in this yeah, sunny really I mean New York City day. Tyler, right. I I don't know what your number one is. Is your number one blade runner?
1: Which it, it is blade runner I, Okay. To put it off for way too long, and it instantly became one of my favorite films of
2: all time. And right, number number one, yeah, yeah. number one sci-fi, yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, I mean, just... Blade Runner, not Blade. Yeah, 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 sorry,
1: Blade Runner. Um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, uh, I didn't like as much. It's like George said, Blade Runner itself and Blade Runner twenty forty nine, obviously as well. Incredible technical marvels with crazy production design, world building, cinematography, directing. Both Ridley Scott and Denis Villeneuve knocked it out of the park um, with their direction of the films, but just the thing that blade runner had that 2049 was just missing for me is just the iconic quotes and the stuff that stuck in my head long after the movie ended um which i do think blade runner 2049 might have a little bit of if i watch it again but i've only seen the original blade runner once and just it just stuck in my head for days after like um what's that guy's name ruger ruger Beatty. oh
2: Um, yeah yeah
1: it's so good and uh yeah and i don't usually love harrison ford performances but i think he's really good in this which Obviously, it's like a funny thing, like how he like kind of purposefully tanked the voiceovers or whatever for this movie because he thought it was stupid. Um, but I still thought he was good in this, and and I don't know, just the bl- first Blade Runner in me just stuck in my head so much more than Blade Runner 2049, I just loved it so much. So, and, and it just ended just uh, the tears in the rain, just so iconic. <laughs> I love Blade Runner, such a good movie. I,
2: I think it's I prefer that, that slightly to be honest over the newer one. Mm. 2049 was mm. so good though.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. obviously an immaculate film as well. Just so good.
0: Yeah. They're both good. Mid! Um, I had Back to the that. Future at number five. Inception at number four. Tarkovsky's Stalker at number three. Ridley Scott's Blade Runner at number two. and 2001, A Space Odyssey by the obvious legend, Mr. Stanley Midman.
2: Mid. We did say mid-br- mid-brick? Mid-brick. 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 Stanley mid-brick. Uh, I had at five Back of the Future, four Planet of the Apes, 68, three Metropolis, two Signs, and one 2001 Space Odyssey by Stanley Goat Brick.
1: <laughs> I had at number five Arrival, number four 2001 A Space Odyssey by Stanley He's Alright Brick. Number three <laughs> I had Interstellar. Number two I had uh, okay. uh, what did I number
3: two?
2: Number, s-
1: one. number one was Blade Runner. Number two was Dune. 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 Yeah,
2: yeah. Dune.
0: Yep. Fair Interesting. Did you say Interstellar? Or am I bugging out?
1: Interstellar was three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did Interstellar.
0: So. Yeah. All right, and obviously horror time. Um, we are going to be drafting horror movies from the eighties.
1: Which, I as know. we mentioned, I've seen, or I have <laughs> seven <laughs> logs, so gonna count on getting these without... Yeah, but like, you don't have
0: Nightmare it. on Elm Street logged. Have you not actually seen that? Because I, I know... You, really? what, you
2: haven't seen Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street? That's great. Oh, cool. uh, yeah. The order of our draft,
0: snake draft, is Seth Tyler George. So, oh. Seth, first pick. Obvious where you're going, but... The Shining. Yeah, okay. Ooh, I let's... now have
1: six films remaining. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, you can pick one right now. Uh, if you want come... votes, you know what to pick next. If you want votes, yeah, The
1: Evil Dead. Right? Is that what you're thinking?
2: No, oh no. no, I was thinking well, like, the one we spoke the one about. We just for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Oh George? shit! I didn't update my spreadsheets. That's my oh, no,
2: the bad.
0: Bible has let Tyler mm-hmm. down.
1: So actually, then I've, I have eight. I have eight available, but I'll go, the, go, evil dad. I'll go to the Evil Dead. I'll go The Evil Dead. Because I, I think that's also another strong one.
0: That is a strong one. Wow, giving me a layup here with two back to back. I'm obviously going to take the thing. Steel at the third pick. Uh, then a to recent, take mine, uh, recent first watch of mine. I'm going to take Dario oh. those Opera. Okay. Mm. Cool. Stunning film. Savage film.
1: Cool. Okay, so in my second pick.
0: You got I six left. left.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't have much to choose from still. <laughs> Um, I will go with
2: aliens. Yeah, wait, aliens. That's not yeah. horror. Yeah, It's a gi- sci-fi. A horror. horror. This a horror? is a, this no, is a I'll, sci-fi I'll, horror episode. You know, I'll, I will let you off, but I don't horror. think that's horror. Yeah, yeah, is that I'll, even I'll, not horror on Letterboxd? I don't no, think it it's has. not. I'll let you off though.
0: I'll give it. I'll it, give it. it whatever. We'll, it we'll is think. scary. It do. It do be scary sometimes. Alien is definitely
3: way more of a horror than aliens. But
2: I'll go. Uh. So, I'll go Evil Dead 2, obviously. Yeah, obviously. And then I will also go picks. for I've got a bunch of. I'll go for my favorite Cronenberg. I'll go for Videodrome. No. Yeah. Dick. Great film. Great I great thought film. I can get that back.
1: This is my third pick.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah. All
1: right, I only have three movies left. So, I don't think any of them will be taken, though. So, I think we'll be okay. So, third pick, we are going to go with. It's another sci-fi horror, so <laughs> you guys aren't going to like it, <laughs> but it's The Dead Zone. Oh, I'll give you that. That's like a Twilight Zone. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not That's... fucking taking that. No, no, I'll give that. It's That's listed what... as a horror. Like, yeah, I, horror yeah, movies will... don't have to no, be no, it...
2: no, no, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a horror, but I just don't, I just didn't like it give that much. You that. Oh,
1: no, it's a 6 out of 10 for me, but I, I, I don't have much to work with. <laughs> <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I don't have much to work
0: with. Yeah, I'll add <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's a tough draft board right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's
1: funnier than me not participating though, so I enjoy yeah, I swear, it. Yes, <laughs> yes,
0: um, I'll get some iconic on my board, and I'll go a Nightmare on Elm Street. Obviously, yeah, that. just re-watch that. Great film, haven't seen. Can you watch it? It's so good oh definitely
2: um, i don't know, i don't know if tyler would like that man, i feel like honestly.
0: he would it's like a campy I'm it's sh- not scary it's like stupid campy you know? no but like, that's
2: what i mean Though i don't nah, know if he'd like it's like, like, like very it
0: classic 80s slasher um
2: he, he didn't like evil dead george
0: no it's not like i you know you did know.
2: like evil dead no you did like evil no i just mean like i don't know i'd, I'd be keen to see his thoughts on that, yeah, man, i'm not maybe. sure
0: um and then i'll go with my next uh i guess the highest rated 80s horror left for me is possession
2: Possession. You know, I've still not seen Possession. I've been meaning to watch it for like yeah, two years. Sure. I feel very much like yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I know. I
1: like My fourth pick, I will go with a movie I actually rate decently high for this draft, a 7.3 out of 10, so decent. Hell psycho cool. 2.
0: Wow. You and Owen, man. Still... You and Owen holding that Psycho board high.
2: I, I like, I like, it's like it's the Psycho true. franchise. Um. Staff, back okay.
0: Round out the draft with your four and five. So
2: I'll go four. I'll go uh, George a. Romero's uh, Day of the Dead, yeah. part of his obviously his uh franchise. Great film, love a zombie film. Uh, not my favorite, Dawn and Dead is my favorite, but David is probably second. And then my fifth pick, I will go for the film known for its transformation sequence, An American Werewolf oh, in London. Damn it,
3: yes,
1: yeah. I wanted that. All right, my final pick in the draft will be the last movie on my list available. Psycho Three, stop it! (laughs) Psycho Three, directed by Anthony Hopkins.
2: What are they like? Are they actually they're all horrors for sure. They're all
1: primary genre horror. Um, (laughs) So two of them are more sci-fi horrors, but you know what? I appreciate you letting me have them as I didn't have any other options. Plus, (laughs) this week's theme is sci-fi horror, so it's sci-fi
2: horror. Yeah, it works. It works.
0: Um, And then I'll take you know another iconic '80s horror movie in Poltergeist
2: george there's one where i'm really surprised you have not taken. Which although one, ang-
0: angst
2: yeah is it horror it is horror. it's Come on man. my
0: horror list i actually rank it higher than nightmare on elm street and poltergeist huh. but i think what the fuck uh, are you
2: taking them you're doing
0: know, no one's seen it i'm here i'm here for the votes baby <laughs> uh seth took the shining evil dead 2 video day of the dead and an american werewolf in london tyler took the evil dead one aliens the dead zone psycho 2 and psycho 3 and george took the thing opera nightmare on elm street polter uh, possession and then poltergeist that about Eddie, uh,
2: honorable mentions i've got the fly for me That's i got one. none I still
0: haven't seen yeah tyler you got one <laughs> <laughs> no i got none <laughs> i still have not seen the fly believe it or not uh, I, I should watch it everyone always obviously isn't that played.
1: that episode of breaking bad that's really mid and boring people <laughs> say it's good no it's not mid and boring it's great uh, how dare
2: you <laughs> that's probably the uh, oh reanimator i really like as well I, to be like, you know what there's a lot of 80s horror i have like the two to three range honestly there's like a lot of like mid-range ones for me that i've seen poltergeist actually you know you said that one didn't you i said Poltergeist. Yeah. that was my last Poltergeist hit. is cool
0: poltergeist is cool uh, sorry, I'm trying to pull up the um, the
2: Patreons, the executive. What about Jaws 3D? Jaws. 3D? 3D? Have I you seen Jaws 3D? I don't think George. I've ever seen
0: Jaws 3D. <laughs> it's Honestly. got 1.8 on that box. Yeah, I'm probably <laughs> never gonna watch Jaws 3D for that no, exact it's quite a reason. quite reason.
2: Uh Text Chase of Muscles 2 is pretty cool. Um Christine's pretty cool. Um Halloween 2, I thought it was okay. Opera. There's some good picks in. Opera is good.
1: I have the executive producers pulled up. If you want me to run through them, if you don't have them up.
0: Um, I have them. It's, okay. 50, yeah, it's go the fifty it. and twenty tier, right?
1: Twenty-five, fifty.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that about wraps up our episode. Um. Uh, a little bit on the wall. Lo- Actually, no. We're, we're pushing what two hours maybe? Because we started a little. Two hours late. fifteen. Yeah, two yeah, fifteen yep. maybe. So I guess fairly standard for a real talk episode. Uh. But that was week one of our uh of our like a horror. Uh, month of Horror. Um You know, I thought it guys... went well. I'm I'm gonna yeah. be excited
1: for this month. Like, I yeah. know you had a Subway for the Saw. No, enjoyed we, it. We, we talked deep into Saw and like creator sci-fi horror, then some sci-fi horror specifically. I
2: thought this. Are was you good. gonna watch this? you watch Saw this week, George? Yeah, so?
0: I'm, I'm gonna try to get to it. I think I, I don't think I have a screening every day this week. Oh that's shit, like yeah, a, you've got- yeah, that's like the okay. one thing holding me back right now is just I have a screening. So I have a screening today. I have two tomorrow. <laughs> One Monday, one Tuesday, and I don't have a screening Thursday, and that's the only day I don't. So if I can get to a theater Thursday, that'd Hell be yeah. very optimal. What, what um, are you
1: going to recommend for me for my book report for next week? Seth did an in the mouth of madness. Do you have a Do you have oh, one in mind for Seth me?
0: Did in the mouth of madness. I'm going to give you. I really don't want to be a dick and give you something like overly
2: scary i want to well a- so that's yeah, what i'm do.
1: interested to see what you guys choose if you want to go like oh i want to scare him out or if
0: it's like these are
2: no, iconic no. horrors that you need no to see. the mines that i just really like the film that's scary.
1: what i'm like yeah. kind of hoping for but if yeah. you want to scare the shit out of me, i'm fine you know with that what I too, want you i'm kind hoping watch? to get like the classics out of the way
0: this is this is a four and a half out of five for me but this is probably one of the most like among my mutuals on letterbox probably one of the more polarizing horror films out there it follows oh shit yeah that's an yeah. interesting one watch yeah, if i'd be very curious to see like what side Monroe. The yeah, yeah the girl that was in watcher <laughs> yeah so i'd be curious to see what side of the spectrum you fall in for uh for it follows uh, but yeah, yeah that wraps up our episode a little sci-fi horror episode for you guys today um next week is going to be our modern horror so seth hasn't uh seth hasn't picked the film yet so i'm excited to see what he picks um, and then really, that's going to be an open discussion kind of day. We're going to talk about Jordan Peele, Ari Aster, Robert Eggers, um, any, uh, any other you know, modern horror, up-and-coming horror filmmakers that we want to talk about. Just really an Julia open discussion. Julia du- yeah. Is that the one that did Titane? Titan yeah. and Kyle and Ball. Ball? Okay, Kyle yeah, Ball. basically. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be an open discussion, so we'll, we'll come prepared, and then we'll follow up that episode um, with a post-2010s horror draft um so thank you guys for tuning in today shout out to all of our patreons um shout out to all of our supporters shout out to everyone that follows us subscribes to us engages in our content um to our executive producers mr al bode alexander kephart mac wells remy walker stefan johnson seven mod jeffy aj quigley alex bisco ben leggy ben hansy Ben Al Benjamin Vetch. I apologize if I pronounced that incorrectly. Bram Vitz, Brody Young, Callum Singh, Cody Whitney, Dakota Buckner, Dean Karamanitis, Dylan chip or Dylan Quinn, Ferdinand 04 Hamish Edwards, uh, Isaiah, Jimmy O'Connor, John Anderson, Jordan Gag, Josh Hines, Casper Lundberg, Luke Deerhog, Marcellus. Matthew Bradley, uh, Riem Bates. Sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly again. Reese David, Roko 1.0, uh, Robert Leo Gizlazen, Sams43, Sean Morales, Tad Ambuji, Trey Rz, Will Kim, Eunice BBX, and Zach Graves. That about wraps up Real Talk episode 56. We will see you later this week. Uh, we are reviewing Cloverfield on Friday Friday on Friday so we'll see I don't even know if
1: I know what Thursday's draft is I don't
0: know what Thursday's draft is too I I regretted starting that sentence there will be one
1: coming out though there will be
0: something on Thursday I don't know what it is yet Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in enjoy your week